0: Hello Body Slams fans, and you are tuning into Thursday Night Slam. I am one of your analysts. I am Chio Frost and um, tonight we have a very very special treat for you. for all you in uh inspiring professional wrestlers who want to further your career. And uh, make something of yourself. Look no further because tonight we will have Jared of the Inner Squared Circle here as he will be chatting away with none other than our man Dennis Reaper. What's
1: up there, Chio? What's up? Oh not man, much, not a whole lot. Definitely, uh, dude. I'm I'm tired
0: tired yeah yeah yeah, we're all tired like i know tomorrow i'm gonna have a very stressful day out at work uh but uh we're not here to talk about work we're here to talk about professional wrestling and uh how we can improve the business and then also improve themselves as entertainers in this wild wacky world that we call professional wrestling uh our, our other analysts Mikey will be on a little bit later around 10-ish as well as Austin but let me get the cheap plugs out the way as always. Quick shout out to all of our Devereaux sports teams uh, podcast teams out there that we pretty much have a show on every day of the week except Fridays at the moment but I think Pat and them are in the talks of getting that uh pulled off. So Mondays at 6 p.m. You can check out the Sullivan Squad on Tuesdays, the old school show at 6:30 p.m. On Wednesdays, the Combat Misfits at 6 p.m. Thursdays, that's us at 9:05. But starting November 4th, we'll be going bi-weekly. That's right. So Uh, Soak up the month of October for these weekly interviews. So come November, after that, every other Thursday, you're going to have to wait to see who we have on the show and uh, to check us out. Uh, Like I said, Fridays, we have nothing. Saturdays, you get to see the old school show at 8 a.m. And uh, the Scrapple Boys at 9 a.m. Actually, I think I might have that wrong. I think I might have the old school show twice by accident, but but you still get to see the Scrapple Boys with Austin, who's here tonight, like I said, at 9 a.m. And on Sunday, to round it out, you got the Gobbler Inc. at 9 a.m. The Combat Misfits once again at 10 a.m. And us, this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday only at, at 11 a.m. we will be here, but starting in uh november november 7th will be the first one at 11 a.m breakfast and Body slams will be on weekly instead of once a month that's right we'll be here every week to talk about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling and on one final note i want to give a quick shout out to our affiliate podcast teams out there uh anthony andy and brian all at the tornado tag podcast which was on right before us at 7 p.m uh also the guys at the 2300 wrestling podcast the two days db richards and sweet tea referee dave keener and last but not least our affiliates all the way in puerto rico conversations de lucha libre with daniel Mercado and emmanuel Burroughs but you can all three of those shows you can google all three find them on all podcast platforms you don't want to miss them any one of them as well as our deborah sports uh teams as well you can check them all out if you go to deborah sports on on facebook youtube twitch and for us here at um body slams podcast you can check out all our shows if you go to our website bodyslams.pro, where you can like i said you can see us on facebook instagram twitter youtube twitch and as well not just you can watch our past shows they're in playlists so you can see every past show to happen as well as well as if you're on the go and you're in your car, you're running at the, you're on the treadmill at the gym or whatever, you can listen to the podcast itself on anything like as far as, um, uh, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, and so on. They're all on there. You don't want to miss out. So yeah, go to buy dot Pro like, share, subscribe. Uh, don't forget to hit that no that notification button, you know, so you can know when we are on and you can jump into chat rooms, uh, make whatever comments you want, ask whatever questions you have. And that's what we like to hear. We like to hear feedback from you, the fans. But I'm going to turn this thing over to our man, Dennis Reaper, as he's about to get this interview underway. Dennis, it's all yours, brother.
1: Thank you very much, Chio. Uh, without further ado, uh, Chia, since you're in charge of the control room, I would like to bring on our guest at this time, Jarrett from the Inner Squared Circle. Um, it's an amazing platform for young and up-and-coming wrestlers, managers, uh, valets, referees, anybody that's trying to get into the wrestling business, or even if you are in the wrestling business and you just want that extra thing extra thing to help you that's not what you're getting out of wrestling school and you want to do it on your own, this is where it is. So, without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Jarrett from the Inner Squared Circle.
2: Hey, what's up, Dennis? Thanks a lot for having me here on Body Slams, man. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Uh, Thank you for, uh, you know, taking the time away and joining us today uh, or this evening. Um, Now, Jarrett, I've I've been friends with you on Facebook for well over a year. Um, I've been seeing my friends literally been posting about uh, your, your platform that you have the inner squared circle. And then this, during the pandemic, I took the jump, the leap of faith. Cause you know, for me, it's very hard for me to trust people to help me that are not my trainers. Um, and through the internet. So before I even jumped and made the leap of faith, I, re- I will say, I did reach out to Bob Evans and asked him. And he was like, if you don't jump on this, you, you will, you will regret it. He goes, you will learn a lot from you. So I did, I jumped on the, I, joined the uh, live uh, seminar and I jumped in. Um, and it's literally helping me now with bookings without the pandemic where I have guys going, Hey, when can you wrestle? And I'm like, well, let's sit down and discuss, you know, just negotiate the, you know, the time, the dates, the fees and all that. And it's helping me so much now that I didn't have that help before. So
2: that's awesome. Matt. That's, that's great to hear. I, I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, and tell Bob, I said, thank you as well and give him my best.
1: I definitely will. Um, so we're going to kick it right off real right 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 with a gut punch. Um I want we you know as what we do with our with our guests is we always want to know how did you get involved with professional wrestling?
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll just start right there, man. Um when I was a kid, my grandparents only had like two or three stations on on TV. Like it it was the old rabbit ear headset, right? So they had the <laughs> they had the Golden Girls. They had soap operas and they had like the news or whatever they watched, like at, you know, during the afternoon. Um, so I'm flipping the channels and I had to like physically push the buttons. And then I saw the ultimate warrior like snorting and there was like, um, there was like lightning behind them. Like, that's, I'm hooked. So like five years old, I'm hooked. Didn't really look into baseball, hockey, football. I didn't want to learn any of the guys. Like, I knew all the wrestlers. That was all I was focused on. So I knew I wanted to do it since I was five. Um, there was a local company called Yankee Pro Wrestling in Fall River, Massachusetts. I used to go there as a kid. My parents would take me there all the time. Um and then I started showing up like 16 years old. I couldn't get trained. But I'm like, I'm gonna do that. So I kept showing up, asking to set up the ring. They're like, okay, kid, fine. My mom would embarrass me, be like, okay. And like he, my mom would like tell the promoter that I couldn't eat certain foods on Friday because of my religion and stuff like that. I'm like, mom, oh my God, you're embarrassing me. Right. But I'd always be begging the guys, I'm like, hey, could you know if you're a bad guy, feel free to hit me. Like, I I know I'm a kid, but I'll I'll fall for you. And like, okay, kid, fine. So I take the jackets, I'd be the ring crew security guy, you know, 16 years old, heels would punch me in the face. And then before the show, every now and then, uh, they would train me in the ring how to do it. Um, But then what ended up happening, eventually, they had a school in New Bedford when I was old enough to actually drive there on my own. You know, I had a learner's permit, but I drive there on my own. And I broke in, you know, 16 years old going going to train in there. Okay.
1: You know, that's kind of the same way how it was for me actually as a kid, you know, um, I always tell everybody I was watching as for, you know, I had one of those big TVs with the little turn knobs and, yep. you know, you had the top one and the bottom one and you, you know, you can put the channel here, but if it didn't come in, you had to mess with that bottom knob to try to get the static to go away. And I had the antennas. Um, and if that didn't work, you know, we, we used it in foil to expand the, you know, the antennas. Um, but no, that's that's. It's great that you know your very first thing when you turned it on. at five was, you know, one of the most overzealous, most outspoken, amazing wrestlers that have ever graced the wrestling ring, in my opinion, because there what there's nobody ever that was like him, and there will never be anybody that's ever like him ever again.
2: Yeah, um, I-, I wasn't really like the greatest warrior fan either, but just when you're a kid and it's like be Arthur and the golden girls or the ultimate warrior? Like, what, <laughs> like, what are you, you going to watch? You know, that a, it was a clear decision.
1: I would go with, you know, the warrior on that one. <laughs> um, but that was, that, that was what made him so good. And that's what made wrestling so good at that time is you had these guys that were overzealous and over, you know, beyond things. Um, but let's get right into the, you know, I remember from your seminars, you know, you, your wrestling background, you know, you did train to be a wrestler and and everything like that. And, you know, you did have the opportunities with OVW and things like that. What were, while you were getting in the ring to wrestle and train and everything like that, what was the, what was the the mindset then compared to like the mindset now of wrestling?
2: Okay. So, so basically like to start with the end in mind, what I'm doing now is I help guys that are super talented in their careers in the business, but they just, they're stuck, right? They, they want to make it, but they keep hitting the wall. They don't know what to do. They keep being told you're really good, but something's missing. They can't figure out how to progress. I help guys figure that out to get to the next level. Now, the reason why I do that is because when I broke in, uh, I followed all the advice you hear, you know, everything like keep your head down, mouth shut, you know, ears open. Don't stand out. Don't, don't ask any questions. Like really just be humble and hope it works. Like the whole pay your dues thing. And Mm -hmm. here's what I want to say. Like I have nothing against paying your dues whatsoever. But the point was I was almost conditioned to not stand out. And I was almost conditioned like to just be super humble and quiet and hope someone would give me a spot. So like I was a really good worker, but I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to brand myself. And I spent a a lot of years doing it the wrong way. Right. A way that I thought would work, but it it didn't actually produce any results. So towards the tail end of my career, I started getting smartened up. Um, But yeah, like it was really difficult in the beginning because you're doing everything you think is the right thing to do. You know, and everybody's telling you it's the right thing to do. And and you're surrounded by it from your trainers and the school and the other places, but it's just not working. So that was always the most frustrating part. Does that make sense?
1: No, no, it definitely does. um, Because I fell into that same category. You know, I love my trainers and I loved everybody that I've ever learned from in the business. But I was always taught respect will get you places and get you to go further. But in reality, it, it it didn't do much for me. It was like I could be the most respectful guy and show up and help set the ring up and help set chairs up. And there was plenty of shows I went to but never got put on the show. But 100%. there'd be guys that would, that would show up and just go to the promoter be like, hey, I want to wrestle. And they'd put them on. And I'm like, hold on. They just showed up. Not on the card. Just got booked. I've been here since seven thirty this morning. Just to even get an opportunity, I I helped build your ring. I helped set the chairs up. I went out and helped flyer. Um, helped your entrance way, and I'm being told, "Hey, we just want you to kind of sit in the back and just hang out." Yeah. Okay. That's great. I never went back after that because that was the sign of the this isn't what I need to do. I need to, I need to break it. I need to break away from that. Mm-hmm. And I had other guys in the business that, that helped me see that. Uh, and they were like, look, you're the, you know, the most nice, you're the nicest and most respectful kid in the locker room, but you have to know when you have to put your foot down and just go for it. And I started to do that. And it, and it ruffled feathers. I won't lie. I ruffled a lot of feathers. But at the same time, I was wrestling every weekend when I, when I was ruffling those feathers. You know, yeah. I was wrestling every Friday, every Saturday, for the first six years of my career, from actual actual in-ring wrestling and I was wrestling every day. you know, I was in training three or four days a week, I'd have a day off or so, and then I'd have a show um, and then as the older I got, I kind of like kind of like plateaued um, because I've been, I was always stuck with "Hey, I'm Dennis Reaper because I was young and dumb and got a tattooed on my chest. so it's kind of like I'm stuck with that te- that name. Yeah, they and keep never, name the
2: name ta- because of the tattoo. Yeah, they yeah keep because name. everybody's
1: like, you have it tattooed on you. Now I'm, I'm getting it, I'm getting it covered up because it's one of those like, I've talked to guys that are actually in WWE and AEW and Impact, and they're like, that might be the main thing that might hold you back. Is that tattoo on your chest? That's the only thing that might hold you back, unless you wear a full piece like um, MVP and you cover up your chest. I'm like, yeah, but MVP doesn't always cover up his chest. Sometimes I was like. Neither does Dustin Rhodes. You know, those guys do open, you know, do take those things off and they do rip and they do, you know, what do I do then? So I'm just going to get it covered up because it's one of those. I know if that's what's holding me back from even getting seen or getting an eye uh, tryout with them, then I'll do whatever I got to do to get that. But I'm going in a different path now with the whole photography and the production equipment stuff and and doing the behind the scene things because because produ- produ- producing matches are more fun now for me. You know, I love actually, wrestling, but yeah,
2: like a hundred percent, and I think that's cool that you're getting into the production aspect. I actually learned way more about the business after I became a producer. Um, I, I say it all the time; like, I almost wish most wrestlers would learn how to be producers because it just the light bulb goes off right away. What I started doing is once, so I produced a company in Las Vegas called Paragon Pro Wrestling. It's where Kevin Cross came from, Alexander Hammerstone came from there, Royce Isaacs. Um, Anthony Green or August Gray from NXT. A lot of great talent. Darren Corbin from the Midwest. Um, but then I also produced and directed for uh, for Ring of Honor. So I was helping them out doing TV. But I learned so much from behind the scenes. And what I try to do, I try to be the liaison between talent, between like an independent guy struggling and versus what a producer would see. And then I try to merge that together and help them see what a producer would see to help them get their it factor. Do you know what I mean when no, I say I- that?
1: That's what I do now. Um, so I, I help train at a, at a company called uh, um, American Championship Pro Wrestling. Um, I'm, help, I'm one of the producers for most of their young kid matches. But the one company that's a local company that's our home brewed from guys that train with me in my school um, called Outbreak Wrestling. We have Gorilla. They they have the producers. They have match agents. That's where I really started getting the you know the ball rolling on. I really want to learn this side, like. I want to learn gorilla. I want to learn that you know how to produce a match properly. Like if it's a just because it's an independent wrestling show, I want to I want to help produce a match in an independent show that's TV quality.
2: And, and you, know? you see it, you see it from every angle. Now, now you know why certain things stand out and why they don't. Yeah. You know, now you understand why certain people tell you, well, do it this way. Like it's not that they're trying to tell you to slow down or that they're old or that they're old fashioned. It's like there's a certain thing that really works well. Yep. on television that gets over and, and they know what they're talking about right but it's the most fascinating part in the business but like what, I, what you said i'm sorry what, what you said before was was really true though about like you spent years in the business like showing up early setting up the ring and then some guy would just come in and take the spot right i feel like that's the biggest undiagnosed or untalked about problem in the wrestling business like people people end up like that 15 20 years where they're showing up early staying late setting up the rings hoping for a spot, but you know, I compare it to um, you ever have like a crush on a girl or something like that. And you do yep. everything to try to win her over. And, and then all of a sudden some dude, some other dude just shows up and takes her and he didn't do half the work like that. To me, that's what the wrestling business is sometimes. Yeah. So w- we could complain about, well, why is it that way? Or we could find out what actually works and, and do that.
1: Yep. I agree you know. with you 100% with that, that, that analogy. I didn't even think of it that way. But it makes sense. It's 100% the fact. It's truth, You know, wrestling is the girlfriend or the boyfriend, whichever, you know, if you're a female wrestler in the business, you know, the wrestling business is a boyfriend as a as a male wrestler, it's a girlfriend, you know, um, I will say Dolph Ziggler said it the best, you know, his promo that he did against the Miz where he put his career up against him and said, he pretty much was like, this is, this is all I have. This is all I've ever wanted. This is all I have. I don't want anything else because I don't I can't do anything else. You know, wrestling is that. You know, this is that relationship you never want to lose um that you want to give everything you have and do everything the right way and make everything done the proper and correct way respectfully. Sometimes it doesn't work that way in wrestling. You know, it's it's a relationship but it's not a real not it's not in like me and my girlfriend relationship. This is a me and my business relationship. You know, some guys don't, unfortunately, don't look at wrestling as a business. They look at it as a, this is a hobby because, you know, our friends, my friends and family joke and make fun of me because of it. Because it doesn't pay my bills. But if you treat it like a business, and, that, and that's how I treat it now. I treat it as a 100% a business. This is a multi-million dollar business. Whether I'm making $40 or I'm making a making $100,000. Um, if pe- if more younger guys would treat it as a business, they'd be more successful a little bit because they'd be treating it like it's a real life nine to five job instead of a one day every weekend.
2: Hundred percent, Patrick. I, I see your question, man. I'm, I'm going to answer that in in one second. Um, but but to go back to what you said earlier, you said a lot of wrestlers. Um, you know, basically what they do. Is they love it so much. And this is like their everything, right? It becomes your identity. Like it's not, it's not a hobby for some of these guys. Like I am a professional wrestler is yep. what they say. Like it's who they are. So if they're not making it or they don't make it that, well, who are they? If they don't have wrestling anymore, you see it all the time. But I also think that's the problem because they want it so bad that they're afraid to mess up. Yep. And because they're so afraid to mess up, they won't take chances and they play really, really close to the chest, close to the vest. They, they become humble And instead of making a bad impression, they actually don't make any impression at all. And that holds them back, right? So it's almost like with that girl analogy, right? The nice guy that shows up every day, you know, does her homework for her, takes her out to dinner, buys her flowers. She'll keep him around because he's always there. But the guy that gets her is the one that isn't afraid to lose her, that's not afraid to kind of like tease her a little bit, right? Or or he doesn't really need her, but he wants to be. There's a difference there. You know what I mean? That's what we have to do in wrestling. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, 100%. Um... You, like I said, and this is why I wanted to get you on the show because from the platform that you have presented me, you know, and a lot of other res- professional wrestlers and and people in the business, like the platform that you provided, like is helping us get get past these you know little hiccups that we have in our career to over to surpass that, and it's great because without that, you know, we would have that problem, you know. I wish I wish this was around when I first broke in, I won't lie. I've been doing this for almost 14 years, um, and now it's like I'm in my 13th year, and it's like I'm glad I found it, you know, because, you know, before when I first started, I was on a roller coaster. I was on a high. I was like I had to, I had people tell me my head was this big because of the fact that um, I was booked all the time. Some people said it was because of my trainers. I thought it was because I was doing good work in the wrestling ring. Or, or other or because I was showing up and I was doing it the right way. It didn't matter to me. I just wanted to wrestle. You know, and 100%. then I lost my way. And that was my problem. I lost who I was. I lost my identity. I was just that guy that was I worked at a gym in the morning and then I showed up and, and you know did that. And then I went back to my nine to five and just didn't care. And then I I lost a love for it. And then I, I found it again. But now I'm thirteen years in and now I just want to help people get better um behind the scenes and that literally at a show i was with at. i literally was taking ringside photos and doing commentating at the same show and i had wrestlers that were wrestling asking me what i thought about their matches what did they do wrong and that's what they and that's one thing i was always on never ask what we did right always ask what we did wrong in the ring because you can't fix what you do right you can only fix what you did wrong and fix Mm -hmm. the mistakes you can't fix it hey i did you know that i did that moonsault perfect right well, yeah, but that's not what you should be worrying about. You should be worrying about the technique that you just provided in the ring because the technique was off, mm-hmm. you know.
2: You know what I found is really helpful, which I use with a lot of talent in Vegas especially, because um, I feel, especially when I, was, when I was working, I would ask for advice and my trainer would be like, that was a shit, it's right? Like they'd always say stuff like that or they'd, they'd bury me or it was always like negative and one-downsmanship. Um, what I find a lot of times is wrestlers start to get paranoid. Or they don't know who to turn to or they don't trust because everybody's out to just bury them, right? So what I would do, I would watch matches and I would always say, Well, here's what you're doing really well, first of all, because if they don't hear it, what I found is they don't know to keep doing it. So I just go, hey, here's something you did really, really well. So keep doing that. It worked because of this. So like if they did something, I tell them what it was they did and what specifically they did so they can keep doing it. And I'll go, well, here's a way you can get even better. And then I'll show them the thing that they need to to work on, right? But I would always point out what they did the right way so they could at least mm-hmm. keep doing it. Does that make sense? No, no, no. Def-
1: absolutely. Um, it's good to hear positive feedback. Like I love hearing positive feedback, but I always want to know what I did wrong first. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like in my mind, when I get done a match, I know if I did stuff wrong or if I knew the match wasn't that good. Like I'm already hitting myself over the head with it. So I'll go right to the the main vets of the company, of the show and going, what, why do I feel like my match wasn't good? Or why do I feel like I didn't do that good? You know, and now that's the aspect of a lot of independent wrestling companies up in Pennsylvania. Um, and we have those vets that literally, what I love is they'll say they they literally do what you just said. Like they'll tell you in the very beginning, here's, here's what was bad. Here's what didn't work for the match. And here's why it didn't work, but here's what did work for the match. And here's why that did work. Um, because back, like, like you said, you know, before I, like you said, you got, you were getting hit over the head and buried. Because that's how it was for me in the beginning. Like, I would get done a match and I'd have guys go, "Dude, you look like the drizzling shits. Like, your forearms were looked like crap. Your kicks were trash." And I'm like,
2: "Or, or learn how to work," and they don't even tell you what that means.
1: And I'm like, "What do you mean my forearms and kicks look bad? Like, what, what was wrong with them? Like, was it the form? Was my execution bad? Was my..." Was it too fast, too slow? Like, what was wrong with it? And that was the thing. No one would tell you what it was. They would just say it was. It looked like crap. Well, yeah. thanks for not telling me. And then finally, I had a vet tell me. They go, look, when you're doing things, you need to make it look a certain way. And it has to look this kind of way. I was like, okay, cool. Can you show me? I legit would call that. if you're going to tell me I'm doing it wrong, then show me what I did wrong. Do it to me, because I'm more of a hands-on learner. I'm not the... You can verbally tell me things, but I also want to see it in person for me to really pick it up. So if I see what I did wrong and then you show me how to do it the proper way, I'm like, okay, cool. Now I see what you're saying and why mine looked horrible. Um, And that's the thing that training now these days, I wish had that. There is some schools in Pennsylvania um, and in New Jersey that have that that that, that expertise to help people like that. Um, that have been around one of the schools been around for a long long time which is the monster factory out of you know out of Paulsboro New Jersey Danny Cage is running it that you know was the Larry Sharp school originally um they've been around for years upon years because they know what they're talking about you know what I mean you know OVW is still around is because they know what they're talking about you know they produced some of the biggest names in professional wrestling out of that vent out of that facility And then you had FCW, and then you have now the Performance Center, where all these guys are learning top-notch wrestling. But then when they go back to the indies, they're like, oh, I never learned how to wrestle in the indies. So now I'm going to wrestle TV and the indie shows. And the fans are like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then these guys are like, what did I do wrong? Now they're asking what they did wrong after they've been on TV for six, seven years. Um, But – um, I know you, we know we saw Pat had a question for you. His question to you earlier was, what was your, what is your favorite match of all time?
2: Yeah. So, uh, it wasn't a crazy pay-per-view match. Uh, and, and it wasn't like the typical ones you would think of. Um, you know, it wasn't like Austin rock or, you know, Hogan Andre or any, uh, you know, a, any of the things that you would think of, like, um, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart Iron Man match. No, I actually saw this match and, and I call it the Rosetta stone match. Um, I share it with all of the people I work with. I shared it with the people in Vegas when I worked with them, like this match, like showed me, I saw the light bulb went off. I say, I understand the business now. Like it, it was the, it was the craziest thing. It was a four minute match on SmackDown bell to bell from like 2004, might've been like 2004, 2008 it, in that range when Paul Heyman was booking it. And it was, uh, it was Rey Mysterio versus the undertaker on SmackDown. For four minutes. And, and I'll share with you why I thought it was so cool. Um, when you're on the independent level and you get told you have four minutes, what do you do? You, you start rushing. You start panicking. You try to get everything in as fast as you can. Like, there's not enough time. This is Undertaker and Rey Mysterio. These are both main event level WrestleMania type guys. Legends. Four minutes bell to bell. It felt like a 20-minute pay-per-view match. They didn't rush. They te- They took their time. But what they did, the entrances, it was like a minute for Undertaker's entrance, a minute for Rey Mysterio's entrance. And then they had literally from bell to bell about four minutes. They hit all of their stuff. So basically, like, they they started it off. Uh, Rey Mysterio dropkicks Undertaker. Um, Undertaker goes over the top rope. Rey Mysterio goes to do a dive. Undertaker slides in, gives him a big boot, first move of the match. That's one of his signatures right there, Right. So, bam, first 30 seconds of the match, Undertaker hits the big boot. Now Ray's down. So now Ray has to get up. Ray does something. He reverses it into like a hara or one of the things that he would do. Bam, he hits the 619 right away. But they took their time. They didn't rush it. So then Ray goes for the West Coast pop. Undertaker catches him in the last ride. Bam, one, two, three. But you would have never guessed it was four minutes bell to bell. Clean finish in the middle. Uh everybody got themselves over. I go, oh my God, that is what wrestling is. If you can just figure out a way to do that, but make it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. It doesn't matter what else you do, you just you just stretch it out. But that's the basic framework of how wrestling works. Um if you guys want, I actually break it down. Um feel free to email me or go to the Facebook group that we have. I'll, I'll put it there. But by but my email is inner squared circle at gmail.com, or you can go to Facebook.com slash groups inner squared circle i break the thing down like i narrate it so if you guys want to see it oh, that's, um, I, and the thing is
1: i remember that match yeah i'm a huge undertaker fart. i will say that i don't care we're we're all marks in the wrestling business we all watch it we all have our own favorite wrestler you know if we weren't marks we wouldn't want to wrestle but undertaker was always that guy that always got me intrigued in professional wrestling just because it's guy comes out as the Undertaker and just slowly walks down the ramp and everybody's like losing their mind because of this. And then I saw him wrestle and I was like, what the hell did I just see? Like, and then, you know, you had Paul bearer with, you know, the urn and everything he did was always good. You know, characterized. He, I, I could believe everything he did. You know, the fact that you're one of your favorite matches is that, that wasn't a pay-per-view my non my favorite non-pay-per-view match was heart jeff hardy versus taker
2: there you go what why what made it what made it that it, it
1: was it was the david versus goliath you know taker you know is facing this new kid you know well a young kid at the time is how i looked it was like the new kid of the of the, of the of the block and he's facing the big bad alpha male dude of the company of the, of the block and he wants to earn his keep he wants to earn the respect of you know, of the big guy. And he doesn't give up. He's not giving up. He just keeps coming back to take this beating of a lifetime. And I think the match was only like six minutes, maybe seven. Yep. Um, That's it. And I, I really, I don't think it was long at all because the match that you're talking about, it's almost identical to the Jeff Hardy and Undertaker match. It wasn't a very long match. It was on SmackDown
2: too. Was this the ladder match or was it, was it just a normal match? I think it was just a normal match. I got to check it out now. Um, I don't think it was a ladder match at all. Because I remember watching the one that I was telling you about, and and I had been producing at the time. I was actually timing it as a producer to see, like, when they hit certain things, how long they actually had. I was like, I was amazed. I actually had people that debuted. uh, When they debuted on NXT, I had worked with them in the past. They're like, hey, they texted me. They go, I'm watching the Rosetta Stone match right now before I go out there just to get ready. This was pretty cool.
1: No, it was a it was the ladder match, so it was a, it was technically a pay per view. Cool, but it was a ladder match.
2: I was like, I couldn't remember. I
1: don't remember the ladder, but I remember because Taker talks about it on his special.
2: I thought that he did is, a la- well. They did a ladder match on Raw or SmackDown. They did they did it on free TV to get Jeff Hardy elevated.
1: Yeah, I I always call it a pay per view match because it's exactly what they gave you. They didn't yeah. give you um, anything less than. What if you were paying for, you know, at the time it was what, 40 bucks for the pay-per-views, 50, you know, if you yeah. wanted to watch it in high def. um, But that match right there sort of uh made me love it even more because it was that the match got done and Taker didn't have to do what he did. He literally helps Jeff Hardy up on the ropes and he raises Jeff Hardy's hands. And that's why I said, it's like you're, you're, he was fighting the big alpha dog of the block, you know, that you wanted to earn the respect of, of the neighborhood or the company and the, you know, the ring general and you earn it. It's that payoff. That payoff was everything in my opinion, in my book. If I was in Jeff, like Jeff Hardy talks about it too. That's one of his favorite moments of that. Cause it wasn't anything that was talked about. It was just Jeff Hardy's hand gets raised by undertaker. Like who gets that to happen? That's awesome. You know, but like And I always talk about that. Like I don't talk about that match. I always talk about my favorite match of all time. If it had to be anything, it was Rock Hogan because I was at that pay-per-view.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's another never,
1: one. That'll never get old. That'll always be with it. We'll never be able to recaptivate or reduplicate that match and that atmosphere as long as I'm alive, just because of how big those two guys were. Yeah. Um. And that's, again, wrestling then compared to now isn't the same. Um. But let's get into the inner square circle. Yeah. Um if you can give a rundown to the to everybody that's watching about what is what the inner squared circle like how you came up with the idea what how did it start when did it start and then so on like that.
2: Man, so the inner squared circle it's it's a free Facebook group where guys come in uh I give out wrestling advice, I do blogs, I do videos, I do, you know, Facebook live I do quick tips. Um post interviews that I have with certain guys. Like I've interviewed WWE agents there before, you know, um, guys like, you know, Hammerstone. I, I, I interview pretty good guys there too. Um, but it started out really cause I was working with guys in Vegas. So like what you said before, right. Um, you wish you had this earlier. I wish I had it. So I, I started it cause I wish I had it earlier. I was in the business. Basically I was in, I was in for six years learning everything the wrong way and nobody could smarten me up. And it wasn't until I finally got seen in front of a WWE producer agent where that guy pulled me aside and smartened me up. But it took me six years. I did everything the wrong way for six years, not getting any progress. Once I got smartened up, all of a sudden I made more progress in 12 months than I made in the past six years. So I go, oh, my God, I wish I knew that sooner. But so when I started producing, I figured like because I heard it years ago, I figured a lot of people knew it. When I was working with guys, it didn't matter what level they were at. They didn't know. They were making the same mistakes I was. So it was really a way for me to help the guys I was producing monthly on TV. But we would do do like four tapings a month. But it would be we do four episodes in one day. So I'd review the tapes and stuff. And I'd tell them my feedback. And they'd message me online. And I basically created a group to talk to everybody in one spot. Right? Uh, And that's how it was. But then what ended up happening was... You know how it goes, like a, a promoter thinks they're going to be the next, you know, WWE. They, they put their tax return into it. They take out a giant loan. The, the company went under. The company in Vegas went under. But these guys still wanted help. So I just kept helping them, you know, on this Facebook group. And then they started inviting their friends. And then they invited their friends. And it went from like 20 people. I think we have 1,250. And it's growing. It's growing every week. But it's totally free. You guys can feel free to come on in and join. Um, but that's, that's how it started.
1: Let's see. I always like having, cause like, I think I, I I lose track of how many people are in the group. Cause a lot of them from like, like I the day that I did the, uh, seminar with you, some of the guys that were in the group, I actually know, um, one of them was Corey Dillinger. Yep. Um, another gentleman, um, I can't remember his actual worker name but he's from New Jersey. And now he's going to all types of things because of your your you know your system. Really? Um awesome. he just did some in-ring work with Kurt Angle. Um No kidding, that's seminar. awesome. And it's like before this guy was like he was good. He does like a pizza gimmick kind of a deal but it's not a pizza gimmick. Um uh but he's very talented in the ring. And then it was like when I made a comment in there like, hey, man, get a hold of me. I want to book you on my promotion. I wasn't joking. I literally reached out to him. I was like, listen, when DEF CON Pro Wrestling gets up and running and then the pandemic still was still going on. And so it kind of like pushed me back even further until 2022 because I don't want to rush it. And he's all, he's still on board. Um, But since that moment to now, he's gotten so much better with character and everything. Same thing with Corey Dillinger. Um, Corey Dillinger has been on your software, st- on your system for like a while now. He's like, he's like, dude, this is the most amazing thing I've ever learned. That's awesome. Um, and he's one of the, he, he's one of the Russell pro guys. So he's, he's one of the oh, Pat- cool.
2: Russell Re- pros Pat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pat's Pat, awesome.
1: Like I tuned in when you, I, I watched the, the, the interview I had with Pat and I fucking loved it.
2: Me and Pat go way back. Yeah.
1: Like I would, like I, um, I wrestled for a company called Workrate entertainment that is ran by a gentleman named Keikoa Mana Um, he is now Keikoa, the Hawaiian warrior. He is the MCW. I believe it's the TV champion. Um, but he brought in a lot of wrestle pro and creator star, uh, wrestle pro guys, um, from them. And then I booked him because these guys were outstanding, talented guys. Like, Oh my God, unbelievable. Everything you could possibly think of from a training center, these guys got it. They get what is being taught to them by Pat and all of them. Um, so, like, when I watched you talking with Pat, I was just sitting there. I'm like, man, I want Pat's job. I just want to be a producer. Like, that's yeah. like, as, stu- as crazy as it sounds, like, I know you get it um, because you've been in that role before and you've been in and you've been doing this for a while. Like,
2: it's the best I get role more in the exciting.
1: Business. I it's get more excited. Exciting. Yeah. Producing. Like, I gave more exciting pro- – like, I went to AEW last night in Philly, and I sat at the 200 level on the first level, and I'm taking professional-grade photos on a Canon camera without a professional lens, and I'm watching their photographers walk around the ring, and I'm not going to joke. They had one ringside photographer and three outside the rail, and I'm yeah. in my mind going, why? Why would they not have two ringside photographers and, and having two roam around the facility? um that's just my purse that's just my personal opinion you know you know you never want to miss that, those shots yeah um and that photographer never really moved he stayed in one corner you know and, and when i go to wwe shows like i watch everybody like i was watching how the producers were um the sound producers and the t and the camera producers were like working with their guys and i'm just dying watching this because i'm like this is amazing
2: like uh, i know- producing, like when you're wrestling, you can only really affect your match. When you're producing, you can have an impact on so many different people. And that's the most fun part about it is when you see the light bulb go off mm-hmm. and guys finally get it and they go, oh, my God, now, now it makes sense. Or they, they get the results. I, I hear it all the time. But like the mo- my most favorite things where I'd be doing the pre-tapes with the guys or I'd be doing the walkthroughs in the ring and like actually blocking out where they're going to be. Like it, it is the most rewarding job in the business. But even with the inner squared circle, like I still get that because I might not be in the arena with everybody, but I think I can help more people. And I hear the stories like we use a Corey Dillinger, but from other people, they went like 70 email. They contacted 70 promoters and no one responded to them. Now they get booked all the time. They get flights and hotels and sponsorship deals. Somebody was an 11 year veteran, never got booked on TV ever how to try out the first time within like three weeks or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. seeing the light bulb go off and guys get legit results is really, is really what I'm doing it for.
1: Yeah. Like I love the platform you have. Like I have the website up and I'm just going to run down the list of things. Where's the website? I hope it went away again. My phone is not the best phone, but it is it's it's an S nine, but it decides that sometimes it just does not not want to work. So the courses that you that you do provide, and you know you help everybody with, um, for everybody that's listening, we have Discover Your It Factor, which has one lesson, um, and I love that. That was one of my favorite ones. Um, we have the Superstar Academy, which has fifty-seven lessons, guys, fifty-seven lessons. Um, I'm not going to go into the details because I know if Jared has a seminar coming up. I would absolutely have you guys tune in for that seminar and let him explain it to you guys, including he'll explain it today. We have the double your bookings. We have my favorite one of them all the way that this is what caught me by the caught me the, the join in was booking emails that don't suck. <laughs> yeah. And when you explained when I thought what booking emails don't suck, I'm like, oh, what do I need to make a new email name? And, you know, and that and it was more in depth than I was expecting. And I was yeah. like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Now I get what you're saying. Like, don't send a four page essay. You need to get down to the nitty gritty and it needs, you know, the longer it is, the less they're going to even read it.
2: Oh my um, God. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, when I was, when I was booking or when I was doing the production, I'd get the emails, they would forward all the emails to me and and there's certain, you would just tone, you just tune out after a certain amount of time because they all look the same. Believe it or not, everybody's email is the same, Yep. which is crazy. But what started happening was I I was working with the guys in the group. They go, hey, can you help me one-on-one? So I start helping guys one-on-one. And then what I find out is you think everybody has a unique problem, right? But the funny thing is it's all unique, but they're all saying the same thing in different words. So the first one was like, hey, I'm a great worker, but I'm not getting any bookings. So I would start helping. One guy went from like he had a totally empty calendar. His name is Darren Corbin from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Totally empty calendar. He went to book. He went to being booked out a year in advance, um, and he had to take deposits up front to fill his calendar and make sure he secured the dates. So I go, okay, that's working. Whatever I told him is working. So I go, let me make a note of that. And then somebody else had the same problem. He's the guy I told you about. 70 different promoters told him no. And then he flipped it around. Now he gets like, everyone tells him yes. And now he's getting flights, hotels, sponsorship deals. I go, okay, the same thing worked for a different guy. So I go, what if I just started making that like a system? And I go step-by-step step through what I did for these two guys and put people through. So that's the double your bookings thing, yep. right? And then it would be, okay, cool. Well, how do I write these emails? I like, go, oh, I used to get all these emails. They were terrible. So let me share with you what I would do. And then I did that. And then people are like, hey, well, I'm getting bookings or I'm, I'm able to get in touch with promoters, but I still don't have a character or a package. I'm still a generic guy. So then I get into, well, well, how did I teach guys when I was producing? Well, I teach them to discover their effect or create their character. So then I created that as a system, you know, and I just started doing it from there.
1: Yeah, like that. That And that's what um, my biggest issue was back when I was, I like I said, I wish I knew about it more was my email issue. Um, it wasn't that I didn't know how to get bookings. I just didn't know how to do it away to where I would draw the attention of the, of the promoter or the booker to be invested in me, you know, and, you know, over time I figured out ways that worked and what didn't work. And then the, the booking emails that don't suck does help. And not just for the wrestling way for my production company. Like I bought sling studio. I wish I would have went with a different version and not sling studio, but I have a professional grade production equipment stuff um, without the high end cameras. Cause that's my next step when I have my loan, but this has helped me get bookings for my production. and. And yep. so and doing the photography, like I'm doing a lot more than just the inside the wrestling portion of it. I'm using it to benefit in a business standpoint. 100%. And that's what I'm saying. I wish guys in the business the wrestlers would take this more as a business than just as a hobby because your platform is helping can help honestly, your platform, the Squared circle, could help anybody in a business aspect because of how to present an email properly to get that attention of anybody. If you want to get a sponsorship, here's how you get a sponsorship. Now I've been doing charity work and, and things like that all my entire life. So I can get getting sponsorships piece of cake. I've never had issues getting sponsors for a wrestling event or my bike ride or a charity event, anything I could go to someone and sit down with them and explain to them why it's important to me that they join on board. And here's how I'm going to, how they're going to benefit from it on um, from me and what I'm going to do that they can benefit off of it. Um, And it's worked ever since. Um, But I also came with, you know, my dad had a DJ company so it was very, I'm a very easy I could talk to anybody about anything. Um, I don't have that stage fright of, here's your microphone kid, go out there and talk in front of, you know, 500 people. Great, what can I say? Don't curse. Oh, that's kind of hard. But I'm going to do my best and not curse, but Am I gonna? Am I the good guy or the bad guy? Oh, you're the bad guy. Sweet, this is right off my. This is right down my alley. I'm gonna have them wanting to literally beat me over a head with a baseball bat. That's awesome. <laughs> um, just because I'm that guy, like, be, like again, it's the I I understand my character more now. And again, that you know, your stuff has helped me a lot. Um, my trainers have helped me a lot to understand like the psychology portion of wrestling. And then watching stuff on TV and then seeing it in person now. Like that was yet yeah, last night was for first time. Honestly, I went to a wrestling event as a fan for a major company and I was in, I was in awe. Like I enjoyed every little aspect of it and people say you can't be a fan. And if you're in the wrestling business, well, honestly you can. Cause I enjoyed every little bit of it last night of seeing CM punk and Chris Jericho come out. Um, but it was also to see how they do their stuff. Like, they did two tapings in the very beginning, and then they went live, and then they did another taping afterwards. And when they when I say they started on point on time at seven o'clock, they started at seven o'clock. You have to. Their very first match was at seven o'clock on the dot. Um, they had their last match before they went live on Dynamite at seven forty five. They had the ring out. They had everybody out of the ring by seven forty nine, and by seven fifty the the uh, the elite and everybody were already coming out to the ring
2: you, you have YouTube. to you, you have to have a time you have to have it timed out to the second there's someone in the production truck with a stopwatch literally yep. and, and there's a there's a format sheet that literally says opening video package is a minute and two seconds and then it's going to say entrance number one match it's going to be down to the second how long the commercial break is how long the commentator on camera is going to be um they have to time it out otherwise they're going to you know, go over their time or they're going to have to pay more money. It's, it's insane. Like the level of precision you have to have, like oh, it takes 100%. the whole pit crew.
1: Like I run shows now when I, when I go to shows, I also have professional grade earbuds and walkies for referees. Um, And now when I'm at shows, like I literally get told by promoters, can you bring your headset and can you be in charge of the, of the, of the matches on time? Absolutely. I don't care if it's, it's this little portion of being a producer it still makes me excited because it's up to me to make sure these matches don't run any longer. And the show goes from start to finish when they want it to be, um, because key is, key is, is gold, Um, and this comes from guys that have worked for WWE, like, um, my trainers train Steve Carino. And he literally tells you that if you go over time, you're taking time away from other workers for later on in the show. WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year and it proves it. Um, but again, your platform helps people outside of the wrestling school. Cause you can learn how to bump and and talk on a promo and do this and that in wrestling ring all day long at your training center. But this is the platform that where you can learn stuff on your own from home, instead of watching YouTube videos of this is this guy's promo. And this is how this guy's character is. You're actually breaking it down for people, you know, to the simplest, like, Here's why you shouldn't, you know, do this. Here's why this didn't work for this guy as a character. Here's why this worked as a person, as a character. Here's why this isn't working for your factor. but here's how this could work for your factor.
2: You're helping people's
1: brains work.
2: man. I'm really happy that you're getting so much out of it. That's what I thought was the biggest gap because like, hey, I was in wrestling for such a long time. I knew how to wrestle. I knew how to have a good match and how to tell a story. What I was missing was all this other stuff that no one could tell me that I couldn't learn from wrestling school. And I th- that's what I really wanted to bring into it. What's, what's all the intangible stuff that I can't hear from my trainer just learning how to bump? Like, like my tra- that, well, Actually, there was one guy that said, hey, I can teach you how to, how to wrestle, but I can't teach you how to get bookings. I can't teach you how to negotiate. I can't teach you how to do TV-type production. I wanted to bring this in so that way guys had the, had the access to it. But, yeah, if you guys are interested, feel free to join. It's a free Facebook group. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash inner squared circle, man. Love to have you say that you came from the body slams podcast.
1: Absolutely. I, I recommend anybody that's watching this, um, including you, Chio. Again, is Our main guy that's behind the scenes right now for the episode today. Usually it's me him, Mikey and our, and our other guy, Austin. We're just, you know, shooting the shit and, and having a good old time. Um, but there was one question that came from somebody it says, "Does Jared have classes for anything? ever any, everything else behind the scenes, non wrestling related,
2: meaning like production? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't, would- I haven't done it yet because uh, I didn't think there'd be a big enough demand for it. But you know, that's actually one of my favorite things to talk about was producing, how to do the cameras, how to set it up, how to make the show look a certain way, what I would look for." Um, I didn't think there'd be enough people that wanted to hear that. So what I focused on was wrestlers, you know, um, character development, confidence in the ring, in-ring work, bookings and marketability, uh, charisma and promos. But if that's something people would like to hear more of, I'm sure I could put something together in, in regards to production.
1: Like I know definitely, I would definitely invest into that as well. Um, Because I think it would help as a wrestler as well. Because if you think about it as from a wrestling standpoint, you know, if I had the the knowledge of how to produce matches then and how the camera where where the cameras are and why I need to work a certain angle at this way than that way I would have been so far off with my my videos of matches that would have been TV quality I probably would have wrestled on TV by now um because I would have made sure they, they everything I did was quality of a TV now I do now I know hey Here's my roam cam, that's my hard cam. Um, and I gotta focus on my hard cam. But when I do things that are not facing the hard cam, I make sure that roam camera is getting me every time. Um, um, and that comes from Steve Perino. Know where your cameras are. Know where you're know where you are in your ring. Um, whether it's for a promo, whether it's for just a thirty second vignette, like you come out of the ring and you don't even say anything. AKA Chris Jericho, when he came back and just ran around the ring for two and a half to three minutes, just screaming, you know, I won't lie. I hated it, (laughs) but I loved it at the same time. I was like, I wanted them to freaking talk. That's all I wanted to see them do. I wanted them to talk, but I didn't get it at the time. And someone goes, you didn't get it. He didn't have to say anything. He just had to show up and run around the ring like a nutcase. And the place went nuts. And I'm like, I didn't think of it that way, actually. He goes, but he stopped every time he got towards a roam cam, he stopped and looked at the camera, looked around, screamed and ran around some more. He would always find that camera and make sure that the people at home saw him, not just in the venue. They go, and that's what my trainers were always pushing into my brain was the, he knows his character. He knows his it factor. He knows what level he needs to be. If he, if he needs to be up here, he can be here. But if he needs to, he can bring it back down here to be in the neutral spot. Or does he need to bring it down a little bit to where the fans aren't always hype and they're down and quiet until they hit that roller coaster drop again? Yeah. Um, And and that was what, you know, I learned from them.
2: Um, A lot of veterans look for footwork to see if someone's good or not. And, and I think that makes sense. I always look for do they know where the cameras are? Yep, And if they could do that, I'm like, okay, they're, they're a pro. Like if they could figure out the cameras, they were a pro.
1: Yeah. That, and that's the thing. like, when I go to shows now, I get yelled at when I asked the promoter, I was like, how many cam- cameras do you have? They go, what do you mean? Well, for filming, do you, you film your mat? Do you film the shows? He goes, yeah, but like, well, how many cameras do you have? He goes, Oh, just that one right there. That, that one that looks,
2: uh, uh, it's a webcam. That, that, I, I saw, I saw someone filming a show with a cell phone taped to a broomstick before. It was awesome.
1: Wow. Yeah, they taped that a cell is phone. The great, a that, is, that is by far the best thing I've ever heard so far yeah, it was phenomenal. on filming matches. It was I phenomenal. thought the webcam was bad and great, but now that's just even better. It was duct taped
2: um, to a broomstick. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> um, So we have about five minutes left. Um. I'm get. I got the, uh, five minute cue from, uh, from oh, Gio. He gave me the, he, he gave, gave, me, the, the, he gave the me, me the five minute cue. Um, like I said, we run this show, we try to run this show on time and on point as fast as much as we can. Sometimes we veer off and that's what's great about podcasting and, and interviews. We don't want to keep it like it's a piece of paper and stay on track like that because at the same time, no one's really going to. Sometimes it doesn't help anybody that's watching. They want to actually hear you be you and and enjoy yourself when you're doing this stuff. Um, So my one main question would be for you, if you could take one thing you've been passing knowledge on to the younger kids of today with all the stuff through the inner squared circle, what would you you give yourself advice to you, say, 20 years from now or uh, 20 years ago? When you were starting in the business, like what advice that you've given now to help people, would you have given, would you want yourself to have then?
2: I'd say a couple of things. First of all, I'd say the most passionate and talented wrestler doesn't always win. It's the most marketable wrestler that wins. I would also say get in the best shape of your life. I didn't take physical fitness or or the way I looked seriously until I was like six years in. Um, and the other thing too, they always say perceptions reality, right? So we take that in and we go, okay, that means my character, my gimmick, what that means now that I'm older and now that I've experienced some life. And now that I've seen some ups and downs in wrestling perceptions reality, but it's what you perceive yourself to be, right? So like if you walk in and you are timid or afraid or not sure of yourself, or think you might not deserve to be there, the promoter is going to feel that energy from you. So it's not like a lot of people think confidence means being dominant or being uh, aggressive or or being like a, like a jackass or something like that. If you could actually have like grounded confidence where you know that you belong there, like you deserve to be there, the the other person's going to feel that and it's going to get you so much further than if you were anything else. Does that make sense?
1: No, it does. No, no, that makes great sense honestly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. More so than anything else, I would say make sure that you and yourself believe you deserve to be there. And and if you do that, like a lot of this is forgiving. You know, you you can mess up here and there. You don't have to be the best worker. But if you're marketable and you believe that you can be there, you're going to go a lot further than a lot more guys.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like uh, talking about mistakes and and making errors. Um, The fact that the big thing everybody was making fun of is Kenny. uh, I think it was Kenny Omega. Yeah. Kenny Omega and, and Joey Janela both made mistakes last night. Joey Janela's match was, is on Rampage, um, or it was a dark match. It was one of those two, but he made a mistake last night, and the and the crowd lit him up. But Kenny Omega, the biggest star in professional wrestling as we know it right now, that is not a WWE wrestler, made a huge mistake last night, and people made fun of him But it shows that even the biggest stars on the biggest stages and the biggest platforms make errors. And it's the fact that he didn't, you know, he didn't make it like show like he was upset about it. He showed people like, you know, it happens. Like he didn't care. No care whatsoever last night, live on television that, you know, millions of people just saw you try to power bomb someone and fall straight on your ass. And it was and I made a joke about it last night with someone sitting next to me. I go, Well, he did try to pick up a really big guy. Like, I'm just gonna go there. Like, that was not no some five foot two, five foot eight looking dude. This was a six foot tall, you know, big man. I go, and it happens. Like in wrestling, mistakes happen, errors happen, whether they're catastrophic to something silly and funny. Um but no, I love that. Like, I love the fact that it's, you know, people are scared, of, you know, and you, I know you, you might agree, is people are scared to make mistakes in a wrestling ring, whether it's, you know, a promo mistake or a wrestling move mistake. Like, I don't look at wrestling as I'm going to go out there to make a mistake. Now I look at it as what can I do as simple as possible and make the best story and compelling story. Um, match i can give these fans in 10 minutes
2: or they're afraid to make mistakes backstage because that's what i found too is a a lot of wrestlers what they'll do is you know they'll be like oh whatever you want me to do sir and and they think they're trying to be polite i would much rather have somebody like actually believe that they could be the next hogan rock austin cm punk like if they not like they're going to be a jerk about it but if they actually believe that and show up and talk to me with confidence. It, it's it's going to take them a lot further. But it's the people that are afraid to stand out because they don't think they deserve to be there, or they don't want to rock the boat, or they're not—you know—they don't want to mess up. Um, those are the guys you see that they always show up super early. They're always setting up the ring, but then they're standing. It's like at the high school dance when you're trying to wait for the girl to come ask you to dance, right? They wait on the sidelines and nothing's happening for them. It's not that like doing that stuff is bad. But if that's all you're doing and you're not talking to anybody, you're not being making yourself known, you're not confident or anything like that, you'll be stuck doing that for a long time. So I think the belief in putting yourself out there is way more important. You, I you know,
1: agree, one hundred percent agree. Um, I, I'm always telling I, I'm one hundred percent a believer in if you believe in yourself, you can make anything possibly happen. You know, and I'm I have a nine year old little girl and I always tell her if whatever she wants to do in life, go for it. Don't. Don't listen to anybody else. Just believe in what you want to do and and go for it. I tell my girlfriend the same thing. She, you know, whatever you like, I believe myself as I'm a professional wrestler. I don't believe that I'm a weekend warrior or, you know, a job or I'm a professional wrestler. And I've been that way for 13 years. It'll never change. I'm a professional athlete. I'm a professional stuntman, you know, because that's how I have to explain it to some people like professional wrestlers. We are a professional stuntman because we have, we, you know, yes, everybody knows we train to be professional wrestlers. We train to learn how to fight. You know, we could go to a movie scene and do a fight scene if we had to and it'd be amazing because we are trained professional athletes. Um, and you don't have to be a professional athlete to become a pro wrestler, but if you believe in yourself, like you said, anything is possible. And, 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 and the inner squared circle, You help people believe in themselves in every aspect of it, you know, with like, again, and I bring it up all the time. It's that Superstar Academy. It's the double your bookings. It's the, you know, emails that don't suck. Everything that's in there that you provided me and everybody else, it's the you're believing in us. You know, we believe in you to help us, but you're believing in us to pass this knowledge on to us and to believe in ourselves to take it further. And some guys might fail at it. Some of us might succeed at it, you know, but you make it known like, Hey, look, you have to believe in the process. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't, it'll never, it'll never work. If you stop believing in yourself, when you believe in yourself, it's just an up, it's an uphill, beautiful ride. You know, It's that, it's like going to the top of Mount Everest and getting that vantage point of being like, wow, I actually got here. I am at the top of my peak. I'm where I want to be in my life, in my career, and bam! It's because people had me believe in myself. Me believe in myself, you know. But I know, Cheo, come back in the room. I know you're waiting. Um, but before I know, before we leave, I wanted Chio to come back in the room. Um, but again, Jared, man, uh, I can't thank you enough because again, your salt, your your platform has helped me, not just in the wrestling ring. For business, but like as a production person and, and trying to get into the producing world for it has helped me better. You know, so I can't I can't thank you enough for the the, the platform you're providing. That again, I wish was around 13 years ago, <laughs> but now that I have it, I don't. I'm going to keep using it like every day. Like I literally have that. Like I said, I train people at ACPW, and I'm hoping the two training the trainees tuned in today. Because if not, they're doing a thousand Hindu squats. um but I know one of them was 100% already going to be joining on um, the, the, the system and the platform because he wants to get better because he's having issues figuring out his, his character and we can provide him with all the information we can possibly help him with. But he also wants to learn how to do it from another person's perspective that he doesn't know. Um, so I know awesome. he's looking to join in cause he's looked at some of the stuff that I've done through the platform and the, the system. And he's like, I'm in he's sold. Now it's just, will he pull the trigger? And I'm hoping he does. Awesome. I hope all of my students pull the trigger because if I benefit from it, they will benefit from it. I, and, I, and it would be good.
2: I appreciate it, man. And that's what makes me do it, you know, because, uh, you know, when I'm doing this stuff every day, I'm, like, behind my phone, behind my computer, like, typing stuff. Sometimes you don't see the results. Like, I just think I'm putting it out there and no one's listening. Do you know what I mean? But, like, hearing the results, it, it, it's awesome. It keeps me going a little bit. And, yeah, man. If, uh, if you even want me to help you guys out at the school or something, I can do a seminar, zoom, something like that, but okay, yeah, really, uh, really appreciate you guys having me on, um, for sure. Thank you, Dennis Chia. appreciate you, man. And
0: yeah, I just any- want to say, I, I'm sorry for cutting y'all. I just want to say thank you. Uh, I was the one who actually made the comment to Dennis, uh, in the chat about, uh, do you have any other classes besides wrestling, uh, wrestling related as a wrestler, uh, because, between Dennis and me working behind the scenes, constantly trying to help other promotions get better. Um, I have like a 27 year career in the, in the business. I'm, I'm 45 now. Um, I, I, I had, I had at least three years prior because in, 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 in Pennsylvania, you have to be 18 to wrestle. So I, I got around the business when I was 15 years old. So I had a, I had the opportunity to uh watch and study the do's and don'ts as i within those three years before i even had my first match so from the learning tree as as everybody says you need to sit down with the old school wrestlers they'll teach you this and that and which i was very very fundamental uh to to have that on my side uh with 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 learning guys who learned from uh, like Jeff Gripley? He learned from Larry Sharp in the Monster Factory. One was his. Mm-hmm. I learned from Damian Kane, which learned from Killer Kowalski. They, actually, they, they, Damian Kane, what a lot of people don't realize, it's not talked about as much. He has uh, a, a hand in uh, molding Paul Heyman to what he is today, but it's not talked about a lot at mm-hmm. all. So and and like. And, and I praise him every day because what I seen him doing then, and now he's about to come full, full circle one more time. He's about to get back in, into the business. And, and I thank him all the time because now when you said about the school and stuff, uh, I didn't mention this to Dennis, but um, I have a lead on a building that uh, potentially maybe school – type venue to run shows as well as well as have everything just set up and stay production and everything so i'm waiting to talk to the people see the building find out things and that's something where i would love to have you come in jared and 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 share your knowledge like the do's the don'ts what's right what's wrong how can we better ourselves uh even when we have other and at the same time bring other talent in for seminars, not just for production, but for but for wrestling related bookings and everything that you put out there. Which what I'm gonna do is your links, I'm gonna take them, I'm gonna put them on our body pro page, which when you go to our page, we have two sections. One's for podcasts and one's for everything else. Uh the the everything else section. That page is similar to what you're doing. Uh, what, what it is, it's it's given the boys and girls uh, and promoters of stuff that they need. As far as, I don't advertise wrestlers at all. Because there's many, a million of them out there in the world. I just advertise ring announcers, commentators, referees, gear makers, People who uh, like boots, masks, what, whatever. Uh, people who make music. I try to give them everything else, but the wrestlers, so they can reach out and see uh, what they're missing out on uh, and, and whatnot. And I'm still trying to, to grow it a little more. And also, I have some other people who do seminars. I have them linked up, and as well, like I said, I'm I have uh, Bob Bob Evans on there too, as well. So you will fit in perfectly for in our, in the education section to help guide these guys that are out Very there cool. and who, and who are aspiring. So, awesome. so that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to put you out there. I'm going to plug the hell out of you.
2: Nice uh, Gio. I, I appreciate <laughs> that, man. That's awesome. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, you can go there and, uh, you can be, uh, well, everyone can go to your page and put in promo code body slams or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, uh thank you very much. Um uh I appreciate it. and one of the things that did stick out to me is when you mentioned about uh knowing where your cameras are. Uh because that happened to me several times where like I I was up north, I got busted out of nowhere. It wasn't even planned and they're running out there with 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 towels and stuff trying to cover my head, trying to cover the blood. And they're asking if I'm okay. The first thing I asked was, "Where's the camera?" And they said, "Behind you." And I just turned around with a big, big grin on my face, and I put put that shot because at the time I had uh, uh, dyed blonde hair, so it looked beautiful that that blood scene showing up on the camera. So, that's so, awesome. so that that's one of the things like I I I popped. In my seat, while you were talking with Dennis, it was about look where the cameras are. Know your location. Where this, that, that, uh, sell, sell, sell. Get your face. And I tell guys that green, green, green guys now look for the hard cam, okay. But then you want to get your mobile cam. But look at your photographers too. If you're if you're putting on a chin lock on somebody, get it right there. They see you got the lock on. They see the agony of pain of your opponent too, because that facial expression is everything for people who are not there and they're just checking you out online and pictures and stuff.
2: hundred oh, percent. Awesome guys. 100%. Hey, I appreciate you having me on so much. And if anybody's listening, feel free to join the free group. It's facebook.com slash groups, slash inner squared circle. Uh, it's totally free or we have the lead page there. Um, it's a website, but it's inner squared circle. L pages. C O. So it's right there on the screen.
1: Awesome, man. Again, <laughs> uh, Jared, I appreciate you taking the time out of your night. Um, to come on here, um, when we were looking for guests, like I first thing I said that the cheer is like I have somebody in mind. Hold up for October, and I immediately reached out to you, um, Thanks, because man. I know this would be something that I'm gonna be. I be- again, I benefit from it every day, but I know you know a lot of people don't have your Facebook groups and your pages, but people have they do tune in for this, so I want them to see that, um, that we're not just here to talk to independent. You know, we're not here to talk to wrestlers. We're here to talk to anybody in the wrestling business, training or not. Um, so, again, thank you uh, for coming on. And, again, I can't wait to, you know, get back into the, the learning. Yeah. Like, I have it on my cell
2: phone, <laughs> my
1: tablet, and my laptop. So, like, I'm literally looking at stuff all
2: the time. Awesome. It, it was fun, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, man. Have a, have a good rest of your show. You too, Jared. Thank, you. thank, thank you. you. Later. Bye.
0: Oh, that was – Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got to connect.
1: Look, like I said, there's I, things I, that I can pull off. There's things that I can do. And then there's things that I can do. Well, when, well when we discussed coming, getting people on the show, that was one of those, like, absolutely. We needed the, I needed, I wanted him on here. This is going to help a lot of guys out in the wrestling business.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad you did because one one of the things that, uh um that I wasn't sure about was, who he was originally because, you know, cause I, cause I knew Bob Evans cause from, from being up in this area and stuff like that. And I went, when you told me who he was and I tried looking him up, I couldn't research him like I wanted to, like I do everyone else. I go, I, 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 I look at the product. I look at the background and I didn't have nothing to go off of. So I'm glad that, that, that you took lead on this. And I was able to uh when then when the show started, you sent me the link. Uh I, I was able, as you're talking to him, go through my phone and check out the page a little bit too at the same time. So but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna leave the links up there on on the page for the rest of the show. So people who are just tuning in, they can check them out too as well.
1: I gotta pull up my uh, PDF now because I closed the link of I'm- our topics and our and our show list because no, like I right. like our PDF. I I do like it at the hand of my hand. Now, um, now I now ad, though, right? now at
0: the top of the show I said uh, T wasn't going to be here tonight because he wasn't feeling well. Um, Austin, unfortunately, he's not going to make it tonight too as well. No, nope. I think hold up, we no, uh, I think it's just us two now, right? I, I don't think we have no, anybody no, else. No. So I, no, somebody
1: else. There's another dude in the green room.
0: Ah, oh, man, who is that guy that we keep forgetting about, man?
1: Is it the bologna mayonnaise guy? No,
0: uh, no, no, no. Well,
1: I got bologna and mayonnaise. It's
0: delicious. Oh, oh well, I guess we just got to keep going on with the show with, without whoever it is. Oh, uh, I you know, know who it is. I, I know I, it is. I, I, don't, I, I don't know who <laughs> wait, wait. Ah, damn it. He showed up.
1: Uh, what I I up hey, fellas. I a, thought you were a, in charge of the
0: room. Uh oh, man, he, 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 I was hacked. He you was only hacked. let the important
1: people in. Oh, that's right. He, it, we, we do have the important person. It's the better Bernard. That's, that's right, right, the better exactly. Bernard. Exactly. exactly.
0: Oh, no blue you know, shack
1: needed. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that.
0: I, I, I tell you this, one, one thing for sure, uh, tonight's going to be a short show Because we're not really going to get into a lot of stuff. We're not going to get into WWE. We're not going to get into any other uh, rumors and stuff. Uh, Everybody out there probably already seen about AJ Lee uh, joining uh, WOW. Wow. Uh, But the thing we're going to get into, what happened yesterday, which you already highlighted on a lot of stuff. Uh, I printed out what I did uh, from AEW in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's right, uh, right there on Broad Street. Yesterday, uh, we did a uh, pop-up pipe bombs. Dennis was on location in the field. Uh, really didn't get too many um, interviews because I was uh, a little let down. Well, I won't well, lie. Before well, we went love- live,
1: look before we went live, I'm not just going to show cameras and stuff like that. I walked around. I was asking fans questions, and you know, if they wanted to be, we we're going to go live on the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, or on Twitch, because um, we have a podcast called Breakfast and Body Slims. But our specials that we do is called Pipe Up, Pipe Bomb. And people were like, "No, we really don't want to." I'm like, "Okay, I'm thinking it's because they played hooky from work, oh, and yet. they didn't want no one to know, uh... you know." But, but I was asking those questions, like, who do they think the Joker is? So. I didn't want to, like, just not have something there.
0: You know, luckily like, we right. had
1: people show up that we knew.
0: I, I I, did, however, like the Cody Rhodes kid.
1: Yeah, the Cody Rhodes kid had the most dopest outfit. Again, <laughs> I will say I never <laughs> had that fly of an outfit when I was a kid ever. He had the hair slicked back, the outfit just like. I could and, probably be his kid. This, and- this might not be my dad, but hey, we don't know.
0: And for people who did <laughs> miss the uh, pop-up pipe bomb yesterday, because it was about, uh, we went live about 4.30 and stuff, we had a uh, couple little treats. Uh, we had some screenshots posted on the Body Slams podcast page as well as uh, Twitter and other stuff. You got to see CM Punk walking his dog. It's and he waved.
1: A, he waved and to me. It,
0: it, it wasn't much of a real good close-up shot because he was at a far distance, though. But we did get a close-up of Dennis and his mug in the camera with uh, Leva Bates in the background, waving, waving to the uh, show as it was, as we were live.
1: And we did have someone comment on there that they didn't really, they didn't think that CM Punk, you know, there wasn't really real, no real energy. So before CM Punk came out, um, I didn't know what was said yet um, because I wasn't there when he came out with the dog. But he did come up where people – because I did hear stuff in the background, but I never thought of anything. I thought someone just drove in or whatever. He did come up, and he did say to people before he brought the dog up, hey, look, I don't mind you guys cheering for me or anything, but he goes, but I got to walk my dog, my dog is very skittish. Could we not scream when we bring my dog up to go for a walk?
3: Everybody oh. does that.
1: But he also asked people to stay somewhat apart from him because the the wrestlers are being told they're not allowed to really like take – Photos with wrestler with the fans because of COVID Yeah that's why like I, I took a picture with uh.
0: That's, t- why there's, that's why they're still Still trying to be strict with the COVID yes. Regulations but right, at the same time They're trying but they don't want to uh uh Shun off their fans Or anything yeah. like that so some
1: wrestlers Were taking right. selfies and pictures with them But some of them other ones are Still sticking to the the high end Protocol CM Punk is one of them You know I get it you know, he is not as young as he used oh, to be. Absolutely. You know, like some of these young kids that, you know, unfortunately, you know, they have a a better immune system. But the and fact he's a that top name the too. That Philly people respected that man's wish. We're Philadelphia, we're yeah. rowdy, we're rambunctious. We don't listen to people's authority. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but no, they really. came up before that and asked people to, you know, chill, just not to be too loud, and they did that. That was class. She wasn't. She was. She was. I think she also said she was kind of surprised that he didn't have any security around him. Trust me, ma'am, he had security around him. You just didn't know where. He literally had four or five people walking around in regular street clothes. All
0: um, right. So, uh, wow. I I heard you mention earlier when you were talking to Jared that they did do some tapings in the beginning and they did a taping yep. at the end. But we're gonna talk about what was on TV. What you saw at the top of the hour at. Uh, when they started seven
1: fifty p.m. on YouTube,
0: and they kicked off the show with uh, with the super elite Kenny Omega, Adam Coe, and the Jacksons. Well, you know, uh, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks, uh, 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 uh as they defeated uh, Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express, guys. Input. What? I know what i to hear. From I thought team. it was a
3: great match. I really did. What was your favorite <laughs> part of the match?
1: What was your favorite parts of the match, Mikey?
3: My favorite parts were, uh, of course, the hot spots with Brian Danielson and fighting with Kenny Omega. Uh, my God, <laughs> just like I love, I love seeing that. I love watching those two work together. See, you like I. That? I
0: I see, about- well, I noticed, Dennis, now we got to get Mikey to be more in-depth, analyze these matches instead of just watching it as a fan. And you're like, oh, yeah, I like that. That was great. No, you got to pick it apart and analyze stuff from, from here on out. When we start, uh this is going to be your training season right now, between now to the beginning of November when we switch schedules. Between now and then, you got to train your mind you got to get your notebook out when the show is on take notes so that way you have right. stuff to go back and reference instead of yeah that was great I really liked that I enjoyed it <laughs> look yes I'm gonna get on you I'm say this if way. you're gonna be the better Bernard the saint Bernard you need to step up your game buddy because uh 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 cheesecake and 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 a knob gobbler you know, <laughs> those guys are, those guys are gunning for you.
3: All right? Look, Yes, they
0: are. Yes, atmosphere
1: they are. was awesome. Okay. Just going to put it out there. Absolutely. Awesome. I enjoyed it as a fan. I didn't analyze. Well, I did analyze stuff, but I didn't watch as a wrestler. Fully. When you watch wrestling, you always watch it as a wrestler. You're picking up things they're doing. But I enjoyed it as a fan. I literally told my girl in a message that I enjoyed every little bit of it. That last night woke up the fan in me because it does. It, it's hard for a wrestler to be a fan at, a, at an actual event because we get judged. Oh, you shouldn't take photos with these guys. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I have photos with workers last night that I will post. And I don't care. Um, I, tra- I I like know. the
0: fact when they came on air, they kicked off with the uh, introductions. Both, both ring, uh, uh, both teams already in the ring. We don't have to sit around and wait for the well, intros. Which you guys got to see the intros. Well,
1: no, here's the thing: they did show the intros. That what they did is at 7:50, they went live on YouTube. So from seven fifty to eight, they had the entrances live.
0: No, no, no. I get that, but what I'm saying when they actually went live on regular on TV, TV Oh, you yes. already had them in the ring. Yes, yes. yes.
1: And that and was, I, and it was awesome that way because again, you're saving. I'll say it this way: so the young bucks were they came out first, okay? Then they had, um, Adam Cole. And then they had Omega. Adam Cole, without a doubt, had the loudest pop of the night. In my professional opinion, besides Jericho and Punk, Adam Cole is the youngest out of the entire roster, almost, okay? That has been in the round for years. Loudest pop of the night. He, without a doubt, has those fans like this. Like, you're here. here's his palm. You just paid. He's made right. his money. He doesn't have to do it. I
0: liked. I actually liked when uh, Co, um, it looked like he was gonna dive, and then he and gets, he stopped. And, yeah, in the middle of. The-
1: and then so. turns around and gets in, dr- you know, Daniel Bryan's and just gets him, and it was beautiful. Um, I liked everything about the match. I, 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 I feel bad for Kenny Omega with the the botch.
0: Yes. Yes, but, I did see listen. that. Luchasaurus
1: is a giant.
0: I, was, I actually caught two botches, I believe. There was one with the power bomb, and the one when they, was it the Meltzer Driver, I think they call it, where they springboard off the middle rope, and the other one has him in a tombstone. And I think he went down before, or, or he didn't even connect all the way when he came off. You might have to go back and watch it.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no! Th- yeah. Is it when he did it to the outside, the Christian no, he... cage.
0: Yes, yes. When they were outside the ring, watch. He didn't. He barely caught him. Like well, like
1: they had... sometimes they barely do hit it. Yeah, as snug inside the ring they do hit it pretty much. Yeah, smack in the face. But they were outside the ring. I think it was more of a safety thing than anything. Um. Also, that's high in the air. To come down to the floor. I'm not going to lie. Um, but that match, if I had... I'm not even going to rate any of these matches. That's the last thing I'm going to do. I loved it. I still loved the entire match. Um.
0: Then after I, that... After I noticed that...
3: Match, that uh, I, I did notice that the um, commentators actually went uh, the botch with Kenny Omega trying to do the... doing the powerbomb and land on, on his uh, rear end. He's
0: uh, well, if you know the commentators like
3: Plato, it said, Well, he's a big guy, you know, so that's well, what happened there. Well, Again.
0: Well, besides Kenny, who, the, who the are other the commentators? Three as well. Who are
1: the commentators? Think about that. Jim
3: Ross. That's, yeah. that's true. Jim, uh, uh, that's because they can't forget Jim Ross. Uh, I'm not even worried about
1: Excalibur. No offense. I just don't care about the guy. That's why I think of the only guy in the company I'm not a fan of. Um, and it's another person I just, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of him yet. I wasn't a fan of Corey Graves in the beginning either, and now I think the dude's phenomenal on the on the commentating.
0: I like, but I like X Excalibur's commentary. Uh, I wish eventually. I know it's his stitch with the mask and stuff from being on the Indies and stuff like that too. Eventually, I'm thinking maybe eventually, you probably have to lose it.
1: No, I th- I think that that's what makes him set apart. Sets him apart. Yeah, like JR's is his hat. Yeah. Like Jerry right. King Lawler is the crown. the crown. Like you can't take that away. they they have that identity thing. But it, the reason mm-hmm. though the reason that match that, that spot didn't go as didn't sound as bad is because of who was on commentating and they made it come across for uh, the way it needed to be. Because you had two season vets sitting there. Period. Without well. them, it'll never would have happened.
0: Well, well, following that match, there was a segment with John Moxley talking about the ladder match and and the belt and stuff. But then, but then, it quickly came back around to another promo with CM Punk.
1: Yep. So what they did is they did the Moxley one, and before, so there, there's a delay on the TV. I'm gonna say it right now because I was watching it through my cell phone when I went in line to get food and there's about a good 3 minute delay before you guys no matter what i and i don't know i don't know if it's 3 minutes but it just took 3 minutes on my end we saw the screen pop up that cm punk was going to come up was going to talk next we didn't know he was coming to the ring though they didn't yeah. say anything it just said cm punk talks next so we yeah. were thinking we were getting another backstage promo and then out of nowhere the music hits, and I mean that place erupted.
0: Now, now now I got I got a question. I hope Pat and them are listening. Uh especially uh your 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 brother Chuck. Was Punk talking about <laughs> him when he said about uh, cheesecake or cheesesteaks? Yeah, that so bad. <laughs> Listen, do
1: you you don't understand the atmosphere of that that botch. That as soon as he did that. Pissed.
0: It was like it like, like you can hear it where you know they wanted to boo so no, bad. they did boo, they were booing, no, 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 no. but not like boo, like really boo, boo. Like, there were, I heard boos, but it was like they were like holding back too at the same time, they're like, boo, boo you're know, like, but
1: oh no, they definitely, hey. held back, but I can tell you, being in the venue, there was a lot of booze, like, there was a nephew, there was a F, you, F Ben Simmons chant last night which will air on Friday night <laughs> on Rampage. So if you tune in to <laughs> Rampage, when I say you will laugh if you're a 76ers fan or even if you're a basketball fan and you think Ben Simmons is a dick. Uh, cheesecake. I mean Cheesecake
3: Chucky will appreciate that.
1: I appreciate <laughs> it because I chatting chatting with them. Um, But no, the promo was great and what was great about it is Everybody wanted to see CM Punk. You got to see CM Punk. You got to hear CM Punk. And what does he say next? Daniel Garcia, I'm going to face you on Rampage next.
2: Yeah,
0: which what? Rampage was filmed though, right afterward, wasn't it? Yes. So, so what? The way they so their
1: platform is they did AEW Dark right from seven to seven. seven well, I want to say ain't like that,
0: seven. Ain't that Dark Elevation? Because ain't Dark filmed in the studio now? They have the studio. No shows. they did both They okay. filmed
1: three different shows yesterday Ooh. So they did Three matches of Dark, Dark Elevation And then went went right for Ramp Went right to AEW Dynamite And, and then, then Ram, After Ram, Dynamite and they did Rampage But okay. if you if you watch it all If you watch Elevation And you watch AEW Dark and Dynamite The ring and everything is the same Rampage is a complete Teardown Mm-hmm. They, wow. had, they took five canvases off for the custom rampage canvas. They took all the all the um, ring little, skirts, like, ring skirts down. They took Anything all the logos. Um, the logos on the rails are velcroed and taped, and they're literally yanking them off. They tore everything down. So at, at one point, we're thinking we're not getting commentators because they just tore. They pretty much put everything away. Every commentator has their own set of headsets. So they literally packed up everybody's from Ramp- uh, AEW Dynamites and put them away, and then brought other ones out for Jericho and all them, which was kind of cool because it's stuff you don't see. This is that production yeah. value that I said I was enjoying very much last night. Right, seeing some things that you don't get to see in WWE. You don't get to see that kind of that that kind of change because it's the same commentators all night. You know, you don't get yep. commentators for dark matches. You, there's nobody there. Um, and that's one thing that sets AEW apart. They have so many shows, and the best part was, I will say this, at the end of the night, at the end of uh, Dynamite, I will say Tony Khan came out. Okay. It wasn't on the air.
0: Well, well, of, you well, know, well yeah. say, how about let's say that until we get through the rest of the show and then you can tell us what Tony said. All right, so following that CM Punk promo, since uh, he talked about uh, seeing Daniel Garcia on uh, Rampage, we got to see the, the the little vignette with Arn Anderson with a fire outside of Cody Rhodes' home. Cody coming out, you know, uh, you know, asking what the hell he's doing, you know, that kind of stuff, and you know, it's
1: bitch slap.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My
1: face hurt from that slap, and we weren't even watching it live.
0: And that yes. and that pretty pink tie gets set ablaze, and that yeah. was another downfall. He
1: thrown in there. I will say I that a, is one down, that was one let down last night.
0: I made a comment in a chat room about uh about the whole thing with um Cody and Arn, and this is just me throwing in left field being a goofball. I said, What if it's a inside plan, you know, just as whatever they have back behind the scenes? I said. What if uh, it's, it's a plan between Arn and Tully to build their own version of the Horsemen with Cody, FTR, and whoever else? That would be hot.
1: I could see yeah. it. I honestly can. I and, won't and, even deny that. I could see and, it 100%. And,
0: and, and Cody and Arn being in cahoots with each other. So, but. Then it makes sense,
2: we,
0: but then we moved on from that uh, that that uh, bonfire with the tie to the TNT championship with Sammy Guevara taking on uh, former NXT star Bobby Fish making his appearance,
1: dude. People were ex, I'll say this people were when we went off, off our Pipe Palm podcast earlier in the day, people were excited for that match, first now, off. I like Sammy Gazzaro, Gazzaro, and I'm a big Bobby Fish fan. Okay, I've never seen either one of them work in the ring, perf- like in front of me. I can watch it on TV and YouTube all day long, but to get to see them in the ring was a, was without a doubt. I loved every little part of it. I got, you
0: know? I got, I got to ask. Uh, I got to ask one thing when Fish was there, because I know sometimes the cameras don't pick up. All the audio from from the fans. Was there any of the fans chanting uh, "Welcome back"? Meaning like back to Philadelphia, or, or 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 the words "Roh" for Fish? None, huh?
1: No "Roh" chance was there oh, wow. Last night,
0: yeah that that that's kind of surprising for me because you know with with Bobby Fish being a big part of Roh with uh, Kyle O'Reilly as Red Dragon and stuff, you know. They held it down,
1: and his uh, entrance was. It did say Red Dragon. Like he did come, like his entrance video. I'm 99 sure is Red Dragon's I, entrance I, video. And
0: I, I did, I did hear them mention Red Dragon on commentary.
1: So. Um, but I will say this: I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for it. But I know Bobby Fish is an official person of AEW,
0: an an official
1: like he's officially a part of AEW.
0: Yeah, I was going to say
1: officially uh, signed with him. Not just a one-time thing.
0: And then... uh, Oh, boy. And then following that match, uh, we've seen uh, the men of the year and America's top team swarm the ring. Uh, They surrounded Guevara. uh, And... uh, Start jumping them. And they beat the hell out of him. Junior Dos Santos. He was down there laying in those elbows. Fan and fan. Yeah, and then uh, Fuego came out and he just got his ass beat too, then. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: listen, listen <laughs> I'm going to say it this way. I didn't think Jericho was showing up, okay? Because he's on tour with Fozzie. Yeah. And there wasn't much of a layover between their next concert, I didn't think. I thought, I thought it was like, I know they have. They're not. I knew they weren't performing last night, but I know I was a hundred. I was pretty sure they had a show today, so I was like, "Jericho is not coming in for one show and flying right back out for a thirty-second spot, maybe, maybe a four-minute spot." And, and then, and I then afterwards, swear they my, had that- I, sh- I shut my mouth up because as soon as I said that, bam, his music is. I'm like,
0: and then uh, after, and and then I, I, be, I bet you felt. The, the chills on well, your no. arm, the goosebumps. Heard, if you no, 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 about- no. What I'm getting at is, what I'm getting at is, you felt the goosebumps on your arms when that music stopped and the no. crowd was still singing. No. No, not
1: no. No goosebumps. All? Oh, well, man, I oh I wow. Listen, listen. I, I couldn't be in heaven. There's a reason. The one person that I wanted to be able to see that with was my girl unfortunately Aww. she had to work so I couldn't enjoy that like I enjoyed it but it wasn't as enjoyable as it would be as if she was there because she loves the song just as much as I do so like I literally I will not lie to you I Facebook called her immediately as I saw his music kit um, because again I thought it was a decoy I didn't think Jagger was coming out the door oh, um oh. <laughs> D Reyes is on assignment <laughs>
0: Yeah. What's the assignment, T? Are you on the uh, the 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 toilet? (laughs)
1: Uh, But I got a Charlie horse right now, and it hurts really, really bad. Uh, Um. But no. Again, as soon as I saw him make the run, I called her immediately so she could be there to see this. Um, and they were still playing his music when I called her. Because the music hit for a second, he waited a good—I want to say what—ten, 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of cool because it wasn't—I ex- wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't. Um.
0: And then now they got that six-man tag that's going to be down in Miami.
1: I will say so. this: when they went the commercial, people <laughs> were chanting, "This is bullshit." <laughs> they wanted Jericho to fight. Fu- Here's my thing: you have your two-year anniversary, right? Of AEW Dynamite,
0: you figure you're right. going to bring out all the stops.
1: Cody Rhodes wasn't wasn't on the show, but he was there. Yeah, he did the VIP lounge meet and greet.
0: Yeah, but
1: why would you not make an appearance with the fans? You did a you did a. I get it. You you don't always want to show all your cards, okay? I get no, the whole no, not at all. You don't want to always show someone on TV. But come out during the during commercials, or after the show, or before the show. I uh, yeah. That's show, true. Face, Shut up. show your face that you're here and you're appreciated of it. Like you showed the right. VIP crowd that paid extra money to meet you, but they didn't know they were meeting you. So guess, it was kind of weird. Oh, he's watching MLW from uh the Philly no, show.
0: Bite land on vice. I guess I guess that's his assignment.
1: That's fine. I can't wait to hear about it. Um
0: uh, well, yeah. well, well, following that segment, uh, between them, uh, did you hear that lame ass rap on the Lucha Brothers by Max Caster? It seems like, uh, like at, at first, it was like, okay, great, you know, when he first came in. Now it's like, okay, uh, they're starting to get lamer and lamer and lamer.
1: No, look, some you gotta understand what have They recently, this is their first time back.
0: After that controversy rap that he put out before, <laughs>
1: yes, so they had a filter okay. to that rap a little bit. Some people enjoyed it, I didn't hear it because I was waiting for food. I'm not uh, gonna lie,
0: man, you know, people, I ain't went gonna, for food. people ain't gonna tune into the show now because then we're gonna be filtering Dennis and they'll be like, oh man, we don't hear him, uh, so damn, we're not gonna watch. <laughs> Look, well,
1: I went for food because I was like, all right, they're coming out for a new third, you know, I saw. The setup that they were gonna do an in ring thing, and I saw Aubrey holding a belt. So I already knew we were doing a new where they were gonna they were gonna, you know, debut yeah. a new title. I didn't care I didn't care too much about what was about to happen. Did, did, I, was fucking, I was hungry. Okay, I was so, food.
0: okay, so you wasn't there for the Well no. I was
1: at I was watching on the TV and then What do you think of the belt, honestly? I don't hate it. I really I,
0: they're matching the
1: logo they're matching the comp the, the television promotion
0: i okay i i I understand the letters in the logo has to match the t v and stuff like that the logo, but the rest right. of it all that going on around it like ah they could have did something different and, and 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 instead of making another women's uh title even though they have uh the woman's title already, this TBS title, right? They should have made it a, a woman's tag team. That's that's well, what I think. But here's
1: the thing everybody's doing women tag team titles now, so you're doing something different. Here's why because they're leaving, they're going from TNN TNT, to TBS. TBS.
0: It's going to be like, okay, which is better, the TNT title or the TBS title? But one's for a man, one's for a woman.
1: Well, the TNT title is brand new, by the way.
0: Oh, what? They just redid it again? That's the thing that I was thinking they're
1: trying to be different. No, no, no. Look at Omega's title when he came out last night and look at Sammy's title last night and then go back a week before to look at the titles and look how different they they are. They're brand new belts.
0: No, I was going to say, how many times had they.
1: No, 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 no. They're the same belt, they're just brand new. Oh okay. Sammy's is way different. It has sparkle to it and shine and diamonds even more now. I think they're like <laughs> they're upgrading the belts not the, the the look of it but the the finesse of it.
0: Almost giving a more prestige look Yeah, have it shine.
1: Omega's belt 100% right. looks wh- like on that on the lighting 100% looks so much better than what All it did right. on TV.
0: I'm going to butcher this name here. Uh, Darby All- Allen beat Nick Camarato. Did I say that right? Camarato? Did yeah. Pronounce it?
1: Good, good dude. Just, I didn't, well, I was in line for food.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know this f-
1: match was happening. Well, I and, knew it was and, happening, but I was more intrigued of getting dinner.
0: And then apparently after the match, QT Marshall gave Sting a diamond cutter in the middle of the ring, but, uh. Sting Pop, he popped right back yeah, up, popped right back and, up. And, and hit the scorpion death drop. So, but then, then they went on to seeing a promo with the dark order backstage, you know, uh, everyone's trying to get on the same page. Now they're trying to figure out, oh, well, well, uh, who should run the dark order? Who should make the decision here? They decided to be everybody. They vote on everything. So, they're going to go that route for now until we actually feel, until we actually see a nice conclusion what really is going to, what they have in store. So, we yeah, all I was have thinking
3: a, about that, how like they're making it so they're kind of like falling apart. So, who do they bring in to bring it all together? You know, uh, is mi- that where Wyatt comes no in? Maybe no one.
0: Maybe no one. Maybe they'll just keep it as is. You know, they're just going to keep the group and just vote or. Whatever, who, who knows, you know, because, uh, you know, the internet is buzzing and swerving. Everyone has, everyone is constantly thinking Wyatt or right. or, or whoever else. So they might just throw us a curveball and be like, you know, hey, we're going to do something totally different.
1: So I agree.
0: And then, I 100% uh, agree. Then, uh, we had, uh, Dante Martin hit the ring. Uh, with uh, Tony Schiavone, and he's talking about he's looking uh, to take on anybody. And what does happen? Lights go out. Good night. Oh,
3: Mr. Dennis, er- what was that like seeing that in person? That had to be like
0: super awesome.
1: <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say this because it's going to hurt. It hurts me to say this, but I was still in line waiting for food.
0: Oh my God! Oh. He, him and food. <laughs> yeah, it ain't really, yeah no, like the cowboy no, right no, now. No, no, what's no. no, the no. Here's, the thing.
1: Here's the thing. I have. I still haven't even eaten yet. There's just no, still me no. waiting to eat dinner.
0: No, here, here. That's oh, how Mikey, wow. the lines were, Mikey. What's gonna happen is whenever we're gonna do the podcast, probably when we when, when when we start the new schedule, uh, we're gonna be like, "Where's Dennis?" Oh, uh. Okay. He's in line waiting for Nina to cook him food. <laughs> well, it's all good. It's all good. So anyway, Dante Martin got uh, kicked and uh, and his head <laughs> fell out the ring. Yeah, I see that too, Dennis. I love, you too. <laughs> love you too, brother. Love you too. Um, uh, but no,
1: the pop. The thing is, is like, look,
0: we got a lot of promos on this show. I tell you there that. was a
1: lot of promos. Here, yeah. here's the thing about the Malachi Black thing, right? When you expect to see someone like that pop out of nowhere and the lights go off, you're expecting that like the place to blow up, right? The roof to blow off, right? I don't know what it sounded like through the TV. I'll have to watch it, but I wasn't far away from where the seats were, like where it's they're kind of like the Spectrum. I'll put it that way, the way the different, difference between the, the concession stand to the ring, the end, where you could hear people, isn't really that far back. It wasn't that loud. People were excited, but it wasn't like, holy shit, Pop.
3: Uh, I got it.
1: Because the lights went off and everybody knew it was him. So I think they they could have won. They should. They could have won a different route. I don't know what route, but I think they could have went a different route for that because it was as soon as the lights went out, people knew who it was. So it right. wasn't that surprise factor that he was in the ring?
0: Now a surprise factor for me a little bit was uh, maybe m- maybe the uh, booking gods or writers whatever are listening, and now are they going to try to start doing something with Brian cage? You know, cause Ricky Starks he came out, start cutting his promo on a, uh, he talked about the FTW title here in Philadelphia, uh, with Taz and next, and, and then, uh, he mentioned cage and then cages music hit. He came out, uh, Hobbs and hook. And they, they, they ran in for the save, you know, uh, with starks. Um, uh, I hope they do something with Cage, you know, instead of, you know, you got a big guy like that who's just sitting on the shelf, not doing really anything for AEW, and then hopefully they heard all the complaints and bitching from everyone on the internet, you know, about yo, you know, they need to do something with him.
1: Yeah. No, they really do. Um, Yeah, they do.
0: And it's only because,
1: like, Brian Cage really isn't a bad wrestler. He has a great, he has a great persona.
0: Yes, he has a great look to him.
1: The thing is, is he has to know when how to do it. I think that's what's holding him back a little bit. I think he's expecting because he's a big guy, you know, and he's this muscular guy that he's just going to get spots and do things. I don't, and and again, I don't think that's really what it is. I think there's something he's missing, and AEW the officials are trying to help let him figure it out before they step in.
0: All right. I'm, um, I'm, I'm 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 gonna try to jump through these results a little. Yeah, a little, little quicker. Little quicker, yeah, because we all got to be up in the morning time. Um. Well, unfortunately, Sheeta did not win her 50th match. She tapped out. She she was tapped out by Serena Deeb, and Deeb uh, yep. took it upon herself to take the the trophy and uh hit her with it, and it broke a little. I guess the bottom piece broke off. Well, but she
1: hit was, her in the head. The ring broke the thing. Not even her head. She hit her in the head with it and dro- and threw it down, and the thing just fell apart.
0: Well, you know what? I can't be, I cannot be disappointed with that result. Because uh, anytime in wrestling, you hear something like, "Oh yeah, she's gonna achieve her fiftieth or whatever or, or whoever it is," and you know, and obviously the fans believe, "Oh, he's she's gonna win, she's gonna get the trophy," and here they swerved us all and had her... Uh, I was going to say
3: how quickly they forget so, this is the world of wrestling.
0: Um, Darby Allen got jumped in the parking lot by a bunch of masked men. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out who they are. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe <laughs> they were the same uh, black mask wearing men who was with uh, uh, Mohammed Hassan when he attacked The Undertaker many years ago. That's what it looked like to me. But the world may never know. We'll find out.
1: Exactly. You know, we, yeah. we will never know.
0: <laughs> um, going on, we've seen a promo from uh, Mr. Leo Rush uh, when he was addressing Dante Martin about, you know, I guess, potentially being his manager. Uh, and, like, when I was watching this promo the way he was talking and this and that, and the way he was describing what he can do. I just want to say it was, uh, MVP light or mini MVP.
3: Yeah. That's what it reminded me of.
0: Yeah. That, that's what I, I see what he's doing? Uh, but who knows that, you know, we're, we're not the bookers and stuff like that. Um, there was an interview with Britt Baker with Tony Schiavone, talking about the TBS championship and all that stuff. Um
3: yeah, they all did their promo of who's gonna yeah it. and
0: and then in the main event, everyone was trying to pick who were gonna be the the wild card. Now the um the participants were uh started out to be uh Orange Cassidy. And, uh, Pac. Then, followed up after that was, uh, Andrade, Matt Hardy, uh, John Moxley, Lance Archer, and then the Joker. The Joker, everyone was like tit for tat trying to figure out. Some people were saying Bray Wyatt. The ones who picked the right answer was none other than the returning Hangman Page, which, I wasn't picking that. I was thinking it was gonna be somebody from outside of AEW. That's what you know. It would be like a debut,
3: right? No, it was just that's what reality. I was saying. It, it's funny, Dennis, because I said because uh, I was talking to a buddy at work uh, who uh, is uh, in the wrestling, and I was like, I was like maybe Bray Wyatt, and he's like, Nah. And then when I'd seen you do asking the fans, and you were saying the same thing, Bray Wyatt, I was like, See, at least I'm not the only one. That had that in mind. <laughs> like,
1: I, actually, this, I had about I, four people I thought it could have been. I didn't I actually really
0: said honestly, homicide.
1: I honestly, well, I thought of that. I honestly thought of that. And then I also thought it could have been Daniel Bryan. Or, you know, um, just because, you know, he wants Omega's title, it would have made sense. Hey, guess what? I'm the Joker now. Ha ha ha. Screw you, yeah, Omega. I, you guys beat us. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to get my revenge. After that first match, I honestly thought it was going to be someone from that match being in the oh, main event. Um, I don't hate that it was, it was Hangman Page. I really don't. I enjoyed no, it.
0: No, he's been there since day you one. Know? And, you know, like, and, and he needs that. Uh,
1: I just didn't he, think the finish he, he, was as strong as it could have been.
0: No, not at all. I thought I, it would be, again, I thought I thought it'd be Mox- something more spectacular.
1: Moxie, well, first off, let's just talk about that match.
0: And um, all it is... All that chip is money in the bank. That's all it is.
1: Hey, it's okay, but it's yeah. a better version of it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate Money in the Bank. I like Money in the Bank. Right, but they only <clears> do it <throat> one time a year. It's now. It's not a WrestleMania match. Now it has its own pay per view. Leave it just a WrestleMania match. Take that pay per view away. But we could discuss that Saturday. Um, yeah. i'm just gonna uh, say that we'll talk about wwe stuff saturday
0: which which saturday our main topic our main topic besides wwe stuff that happens uh will be the crown jewel event yeah i gotta look
1: into that a little bit more
0: so yeah so we can uh we yeah exactly i was gonna do that too we all gotta look into uh See, uh, see what matches are because we don't know who's gonna go and who's gonna not gonna go, who's gonna protest, and what. To whatnot. be honest,
1: I wouldn't go. So yeah, that's, that's my sure. personal, that's my personal professional opinion. Oh, yes, I agree but, with you. But let's, but let's, let's talk about this main event. Period. Hands down, wasn't horrible. It was a great match. Um, yes, you expected big things, like you expected.
0: Matt I would like Hardy to, see... to
1: do his leg drop off the top of a ladder through a table.
3: Yeah.
1: He did it to the outside, which was kind of cool to see. Pac doing the moon sold out the top rope to the outside to Matt Hardy and um
0: And Cassidy running around working with his hands in his pants.
1: You know, it was <laughs> from start to finish, the match gave you everything you could have expected out of that match. It gave you the up and down, it gave you that thrill, that wow factor's like. So when that when, when Hangman came out, everybody was like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh, my god, oh my, god oh my god. And what was great about it, it was hangman coming out of the ring with Mox standing in the ring going, Let's go. Come on. Come on, let's let's fight. I wanna fight you because that's what I'm gonna do, and that's what I get paid to do, is to fight and have no patience and just take your head and kick your ass because you were in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> that's the energy that Moxley was providing all that entire match. And, it was, and I loved it. And from a fan standpoint, I loved it. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. Again, I didn't like the finish because Moxley, it just looked weird, really weird. It's like Moxley fell off and fell off like a stale fish. Well, I, I'm not hating the finish who won. I respect that decision because he should, you know. But at the same time, it also faults a little bit <clears throat> because Jungle Boy should have already had an opportunity really at this heavyweight title. And has been kind of like pushed yeah. aside. But again, oh. there's people thinking Jungle Boy will never get a title shot and win one, trust me, when the time is right, when it's that when that moment happens, it'll be one of those, oh my God, Jungle Boy just won the AEW World Heavyweight goddamn title. And it will be blowing the internet apart. Um he does here he deserves his opportunities, but it has to be more special. Um
0: well, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed your night at uh, oh, dude, I AEW. It. Uh, too bad Nina couldn't be there. She's probably kicking you in the ass,
1: bro. Listen, yeah. when I say I video chatted her a lot, so like AEW went off the air with Dynamite. They set up for Rampage, right? I totally forgot Chris Jericho is a commentator on Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> I see his music hit. I call her back on Facebook. As Jericho was out in the ring, and I recorded it, and, and I, like, I sent it to her. Like, on like, video I chat, so you. she could be it.
0: like, I hate you.
1: She was like, I, she goes, I, I'm like, I'm I'm sad because you're not here, and it's not, I can't enjoy our, our one thing we enjoy about AEW is the Jericho thing. That's that one thing that every fan can get together, whether you like the guy next to you or they smell, you're going to sing your lungs out to see <laughs> Chris <laughs> Jericho's music. Um so I live I video chatted her for that so she could at least have that moment with me a little bit whether it was through her phone or not. I enjoyed it. Again, I went as a fan and I enjoyed it. But I filmed the CM Punk entrance, right? Because I will say this: I will give you the card for for Rampage in oh, match have, order. Oh, oh, I know I, you do. I have it. I know you do, but i I was there, man. Let me let me do this, man. I am this. So the order was CM. They opened up Rampage, you know, on Friday night when you watch this. I'm telling you, fans, tune in. You will not be let down for Rampage because it definitely lived up lived up to its to its what its name is, Rampage. So you had CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia start off the night. You had the Lucha Bros, the the AEW Tag Champs versus the the Acclaim, and then you have the F. Then you had um Jade versus Sky Blue. That was your next match. Um, and then you end, they ended the event with Ricky Starr and Brian Cage in a Philly street fight. And I'm going to say this live on the internet. If you're watching this, anybody from AEW and WWE, stop doing eight Philadelphia street fights in Philly. We don't want to see it no more.
3: Yes. It, it is it,
1: overkill. Fans literally were saying, please don't give us a street fight. Please don't give a street fight. And then they gave you a street fight.
0: It's like, it's like wherever you go, street fight, insert name of town.
1: Yes. When it's in (laughs) Philly, they have, apparently when you're in Philly, you're going to have a street fight. Uh, WWE does it. But, um, but I will say this. So after Diamond went out the air, Tony Khan did come out, right? So they're changing. They're doing a set change. Tony Khan actually comes out and thanks to fan everybody for coming out. And he appreciates them, and he he loves the fact that they're giving him everything we got. And then he goes, look, I know it's been a long night already of wrestling, but if you guys can give me one more hour of professional wrestling fans that we know Philadelphia could be. I mean, this dude cut a goddamn promo better than wrestlers now that can cut a goddamn promo.
0: He's selling his product.
1: Like, not just selling his product. He is proud of his product. He loves his product. He wants you to love his product. He literally came out and thanked the fans after that. And then I made the mistake, and I left before the main event of Rampage. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to get home. I got home at midnight. If I would have stayed, I probably got home at, like, 1. After everything went off the air, Punk's in the ring. Jericho's in the ring. Taz is in the ring. Jerry Lynn was in the ring. And they're all goddamn talking, and I'm standing here. I'm at home, and I'm like, God damn it, I missed it. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. See you, slacker. Hey, I had to be at work in the morning. Yeah. yeah. But again, yeah, no. guys, listen. Tune in to AEW Rampage. You won't be let down. Tune, Literally, tune in to AEW, period. Tune in to WWE. Tune in to ROH, MLW, anything that's wrestling on TV. Tune the hell into it. Support it. Whether, they look, whether you think it looks like crap or not, we enjoy you watching it. And then you can come on this show and tell us what you thought about it, whether it sucked or not. Right. Hey. And
3: commentate
0: and tell us what uh, you and think. Speaking of tuning in, and don't please do not forget to tune in next week for uh Thursday night slam as we will have our guest. Uh I still can't pronounce her last name. It's it's Brittany I, I will butcher it. Hewtlin? You might have to well, we might have to get might have to ask her how she pronounces it.
1: I definitely will. Getting. What I'll do is I'll give everybody a real rundown of who she is. Brittany is the owner of Ev8, if I pronounce that right. It's like Evolution, but it's not. Ev8 Pro. It's the first female wrestling promoter. She's the first female wrestling promoter in Louisiana. She's a commentator. She is also a commentator on Reality Wrestling, podem Pro Wrestling, Pal Pro, Generation Championship Wrestling, Mission Pro Wrestling, New Orleans Chamber wow. of Commerce. She is an announcer and commentator at Title Match Wrestling. Um, she has a degree in marketing and Are and you everything. looking she, at her
0: Facebook? I'm about literally reading. <laughs> I don't
1: want to. I don't want to say the. I don't want to give people the wrong information. I want to make sure I have the right information because yeah, I, I, I have it written down for her oh, on everything yeah. she has. But when I say. She works with people Thunder like- Rosa and M. So she works with half 90% of the females that are on AEW yep. because she's respected.
0: So people need to tune in next week to catch a female, a lady's uh, aspect of the business from her views. Yes. Of what, of what she sees, what she's doing, and how to do things better as well. Uh, you, you definitely got to hear from Jarrett tonight. Of how to make you uh, uh, in- inspiring wrestlers out there, how you wanna better yourself. And he mentioned about maybe he'll put out stuff with uh, production and stuff behind the scenes as well. Uh, you have his links on the bottom of the screen there in a co, as well as his uh, Facebook groups, uh, Inner Squared Circle. Like you can, so, and, and
1: they can don't message hesitate. me, and I can get them. I, they, if anybody wants to message me on Facebook or, or whatever, um, or message you, or message Mikey, I they can get to me, and I will get you the yeah. link to the Facebook groups. So That's free. Yeah, oh. so um, and, and the website,
0: check that out. Do not hesitate at all. Um, once again, I'm going to give a shout out to all of our Devereaux uh, podcast teams out there. I'm not going to run down the list. I did it at the top of the show. It's a long list. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. And our affiliates, you knows, You definitely know who you guys are. Uh, one final note before we call it quits. We did not get to... Use our five car uh pod card questions. No, I, I went away with that. Can tonight. we can we pick at least one for the three of us?
1: I don't have one next to me.
0: Do you? Do you have a uh, one that off the top of your head that, that you remember?
1: I honestly didn't pick any cards for tonight.
0: Okay, well then, in that case,
1: I will. I will do this
0: before we we
1: will, we will have I will have cards picked out for Saturday.
0: Okay. Um. There we go. So I want to give a shout out to our team members who could not be here in the group with us. Uh, T Reyes and Austin. I uh, hope these guys are doing okay. I hope uh, uh uh T, I hope your assignment is going good. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh gentlemen, any final thoughts or comments, you know, for people out there before we get off the air here?
1: We'll start with Mikey. Mikey, anything?
3: I was gonna say, don't forget to tune in 11 a.m. on Saturday morning to catch us uh, doing our breakfast and body slam show. But we are not going to be in studio. We are going to be uh, broadcasting from our
1: own places. I'm so hum- feeling catch my us tune in.
0: I'm Picture sorry. Hum- I'm gonna sit out
1: on the deck drinking and having breakfast, yeah. and we'll have a special guest on the show.
0: Will we? Will we? Oh, we, uh, wait. We'll have it, Nina
1: Kafaro on the show,
0: okay? Because she's gonna be home, so <laughs> that would work. She out. has
1: off of work. She goes. Can I join? Yes. You're sure, now on the show. Not? But she's, I will say booked.
0: this: you're booked.
1: I said in the group chat, I'm not dropping names. Okay, you guys heard me say it in the voice in the voiceover. Little birdies are working their magic. Uh-huh. There could possibly be one, two, maybe five throughout the rest of the year of maybe some AEW stars coming on Thursday Night Slams
0: or uh, that, Breakfast and
1: Body Slams on a Sunday.
0: And I'm just saying. Like, I put the word out. And just to let the people know, uh, once November starts, we're not going to be on weekly. It's going to be bi weekly, So you're going to get right. two guests instead of four guests for the month because uh, we have to switch it up due to scheduling with personal life stuff uh Sundays will be a little, be almost the same thing to uh our breakfast buy slam show it, instead of Saturday it will be Sunday but it'll be weekly so we can catch up on all the wrestling all in one day instead of being halfway through the week and then trying to talk about wrestling and then you got to wait till Friday so uh yeah uh, <laughs> Thursday shows will be uh only for interviews basically Sundays will be wrestling throughout the week that way we can get all our stories straight. And don't forget about the pop-up pipe bombs. Uh, we Anytime, anywhere. Right. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh,
1: one more thing. I'm just going to say it now. December 18th, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. at the 2300 Arena, mm-hmm. you can guarantee not only will you have Reap the Future at a booth, I will do my power to see if I can get Chio to have a table at this event. I am working with the power of God. December to
0: bring...
1: Should I should 18th. I say the guests that I'm trying to bring in?
0: Okay. Well, right now, December, oh, no, no,
1: 8th. December 18th in Philadelphia, B.A.
0: I have to disappoint you, but I am free that day. <laughs> so I will keep that oh, day. You said you're open. free? I am free. I will keep that date open.
1: We will discuss I, after the show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna release. I'm not gonna drop the name that I'm well, trying to bring
0: in. Well, let's not discuss it after the show because we all want to get off. Okay. Whoa, I want to get whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa!
0: <laughs> we already had fa- one violation a- on YouTube. <laughs> goddammit. I gotta fall asleep <laughs> somehow.
1: We don't need to know what you do behind closed doors with you <laughs> and Betty Boop the blob dog. Or AKA the blow doll version of Pat. I got, I,
0: I, got, I got to pull up a picture of the knob gobbler with a certain cheesesteak in his mouth. We are oh, on
1: that, photo. On, on that like, note. On that note, two, I'm going to bed. I don't need that image in my them head. Two
0: like to go keep to the bed. Family, good anyway. night. So, good night. Any, Just anyway. go black. Turn everybody, the lights off. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Thursday Night Slam. Uh, go to bodyslams dog pro where you can check out all our platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, everything you want to see, any past shows, this and that, go there, like, share, comment, subscribe, hit that notification button, and uh, become our friends. If you're not already, please uh, send us questions, send us comments.
1: Send me comments hey. to Dennis Reaper and add me on Dennis Reaper's Facebook page. Do not right. add me, please, on my personal page. I will not add. I will say that personally.
0: <laughs> and uh, don't forget to add us on uh, Twitter. Each of us. See, you got a uh, Dennis Reaper Pro, Chio twenty four seven, and Ink Artist forty five. And don't forget, uh, Body Slams, Pcast on Twitter as well. So, for everybody here on the team, I'm Chio, there's Dennis, there's Mikey, Austin and T, get well. Pat, screw you. (laughs) We're out of here. (laughs) Peace. Thank you. Uh, What a show. What a show.
1: It was a show. It's still live.